Happy Wednesday! It is Wednesday, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Happy WCW! We celebrate women today. Today it's all about Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll. Well, in my eyes at least. Happy Wednesday to everyone listening online. Thank you for tuning in to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com. We have the headlines coming up at a quarter past the top of the hours. Keep it locked.
Happy Wednesday, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in online. Thank you to all the listeners on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JohnORadio.com. Of course, I gotta say a pleasant good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Wednesday, February 8, 2023. Hashtag WCW, we celebrate women. Today, we're celebrating the one and only Tina Turner. my favorite songs from Tina Turner. This is a live performance. I'm going to take it back from the top and then we're going to get started after this one. Song titled Steel Claw.
Alright, we're gonna go ahead and get started. Thank you for this one, Tina Turner. Live performance of her song, Steel Claw. Hope you were listening to the words. Yeah. Alright, here we go. Once again to everyone listening online, QMZRadio.com and ChanoRadio.com. Good morning to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toll World News on the Go. Tune in every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. You can follow me on TikTok, Moments With Me Media, on Instagram, Moments Underscore With Underscore Me Underscore Media, and on Twitter, Me Media Moments. And the bean everything is M-I. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. Out of the Caribbean corner, Barbados, cash-strapped CBC warns that staff wages may be late. Cayman Islands, customers to experience CUC rate increases from January 2023. Out of Curacao, the North Sea Jazz has been cancelled for 2023 bomber. Grenada is exploring prospects for wind, solar, and geothermal energy. In St. Lucia, cache of firearms discovered at Port Castries stored in a compressor. St. Vincent's Prime Minister to visit Venezuela. In Trinidad and Tobago, a contractor gets hard labor for threatening girlfriend with murder-suicide. Out of Jamaica... The government details pending amendments to child seat provision of Road Traffic Act and major crimes down by 30% since the start of 2023. A teenage boy among two persons who were killed in Riverton City during a police confrontation. And Scott, targeting the local business, is asking the government to reintroduce tax incentives and... Uh, no reason to be skeptical over Canada Travel Advisory. A little hypocrisy going on there. We're going to talk about those stories, of course. Latin America balloon sighted over Latin America is from China, Beijing says. China sending out balloons? Okay. On the international scene, the death toll is continuing to rise. So far, 11,000. Oh my gosh. Turkey, Syria, earthquake. And we have live news updates on that. How to donate to Turkey and Syria. Earthquake disaster response. You got to be careful because you're going to have a lot of people putting up fundraisers. Okay. Disney cuts Simpsons China forced labor episode in Hong Kong. Sri Lanka looks like they're going to have some good news by the end of the year. And Zimbabwe is saying that there is British hypocrisy. Going to talk about those stories and news out of North America. 
The three rappers who were found shot to death in Detroit were targeted, the police say. 13 Memphis officers could be disciplined in Nicole's case. Lawyer alleges that the six-year-old student who shot his teacher previously choked another teacher until she couldn't breathe. We have those stories and more. Oh, also egg smuggling is taking over the Mexico-US border as food prices continue to skyrocket. They're taking that Rick Ross song real serious. We have business and tech news. We have Black History Month highlight. Believe it or not, stories that we have in the brew. So stick around for the details of all the stories and more. And of course, great conversation. Here's a little more Tina Turner for you. She is our hashtag WCW artist for today. We celebrate women. Keep it locked. Life that fades, something beautiful remains. Does this rhythm sound familiar? Should if you we listen to Outcast. World stars and dust between heaven and all that surrounds us. We're travelers here, spirits passing through, and the love we give. Is all that we'll endure Hey now What we had is gone But I still remember you Just like A rose after the rain Something beautiful remains about life is nothing lasts forever things will come and things will go every experience that you encounter may be short-lived maybe for a little while but we gotta look at life with a new set of eyes no losses only lessons the pain will not last always folks tomorrow there is a dawn a new day
gotta take this you one know? back from the top, slow and easy, nice and easy. Every now and then, I think you might like to hear something from us. Nice and easy. But there's just one thing. You see, we never, ever do nothing. Nice and easy. Day. We always do it. Nice and rough. But we're going to take the beginning of this song and do it easy. But then we're going to do the finish. Rough. The way we do. Proud Mary. Thank you to everyone for tuning in to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. It is hashtag WCW. We celebrate women. And today we are celebrating the one and only Tina Turner.
half past the top of the hour. It's time for us to go ahead and get started. I'm here having too much fun dancing. Just a little bit too much, but at least I'm burning some calories. All right, it's time to kick it off with the Caribbean corner. Thank you, Tina Turner. Our first story, we head on over to Barbados. Cash-strapped CBC warns staff wages may be late. Story courtesy of Barbados.LoopNews.com. Employees of the state-owned Caribbean Broadcasting Corporation have been warned that salaries may not be paid on time going forward. In a memo issued on Monday, February 6, Chief Executive Officer Sanka Price advised all staff to plan accordingly. As salary payments may be late in February and the months ahead. He explained that this was due to the CBC's financial issues, which have been ongoing for several months. He went on to say, I can assure you that this consistency in salary payments as scheduled remains the corporation's objective. However, the challenging financial environment that has increasingly been in impacting the corporation's cash flow has now become acute. As a consequence, the potential exists for our salaries to be late this month and in the months ahead. The poor cash flow situation referenced has been ongoing for several months, but we never alerted you as we used every option available to generate enough income to meet salaries as scheduled. We have now exhausted these options while our cash flow continues to worsen. As a result, it is possible that from this month, February 2023, we may be unable to pay salaries on time as we consistently did for the last 29 months, according to Price. The CBC CEO indicated that since assuming his post on January 15, 2020, his top priority has been ensuring salaries were paid on time. But the corporation's worsening cash flow clack, 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 clack. <laughs> Let me start that one over. But the corporation's worsening cash flow problems has resulted in the possibility of wages being paid late. All right. Um, I have a question, though. Those companies, um, for example, the electricity company, the water company, and any other bill that they have on a monthly basis, are those folks going to be willing to waive late fees for these employees? Everybody, I know we can say people should have been building up a savings, but that's not always possible for everyone. Um, people have extenuating circumstances that arise from time to time. So it doesn't always make it possible to save the way we want to. All I'm asking is that the government work with, since it is a state-owned corporation, the CBC, work with these um, creditors, and I'm going to just classify them all as creditors, to waive any possible late fees that may be applied. Um, if anyone has mortgages that they have to pay, 
work with the banks to see if they can give them um, some waiver, um, as well as those who pay rent, speak with their landlords, landladies, um, property management companies, because it is not their fault. It really isn't. Okay, so let's hope that humanitarian mindset will set in. <laughs> For our next door, we're going to hop on up and over to the Cayman Islands. Customers to experience CUC rate increases from January 2023. This story, courtesy of Cayman.loopnews.com. Yesterday, February 7th, Caribbean Utilities Company reminded customers that the CUC fuel relief program ended in December 2022 and that CUC's base rate increases would no longer be deferred as of January 1, 2023. Now that CUC will collect these deferred amounts, some customers are curious how the rate increases will impact their monthly bills. Regarding this, CUC explained the average residential customer who uses 1,000 kilowatt hours of electricity per month will see an increase in their bill of approximately $5.31 CI per month via the facilities charge and energy charge line items. CUC added that in connection with the rate increases, there are ways that you can minimize the impact on your bill by conserving how much energy you use on a daily basis. Some of the practical ways to conserve energy, according to information previously published by the CUC, include the following. And I'm going to go through the list because I know I stand to benefit from suggestions because I think I said it already. Got an email from our power company, electric company. There was a rate increase in January that was approved by the commission. And then another one approved for February. I don't even look at the bill breakdown. I'm going to be very honest with you. When I saw that email, I'm like, screw this. I'm not even looking at the breakdown because what am I going to do? Can I go to the, um, can I go to FPL and argue with them and say, Hey, Hey, hey what can you do for me? Or no, no, I, I'm going to have to pay it. Whether I have to sell myself or go on the street corner, we have to pay the bill. You know, some things we just can't avoid, but anyway, here they go. Replacing incandescent light bulbs with compact fluorescent bulbs, which may reduce electricity usage for lighting by 75%. Using a programmable thermostat so that your air conditioning is used according to a preset schedule. This way, the equipment does not operate as much as when you are asleep or when the house or part of the house is not occupied. Do not place lamps or TV sets near your wall-mounted air conditioning thermostat. The thermostat senses heat rising from these appliances, which can cause the AC to run longer than necessary. When using a dryer, avoid over-drying as it represents a waste of energy. Utilize LCD liquid crystal display TVs as they typically use less electricity than plasma. Running a plasma TV for three hours a day will use about 371 kilowatt hours, while the LCD TV will use about 231 kilowatt hours per uh, year. 
Huh, interesting. So plasma, 371 kilowatt hours versus LCD, 231 kilowatt hours per year. Interesting. Didn't know there was a difference. Um, also, I remember we discussed other um, things we could do. When to run your dishwasher, when to do your laundry, um, plug out things that you're, or if you have them plugged into a surge protector, turn the surge protector off for things that you're not using, right? If you're going to be away from home, what's the point of having your computer running? You know, turn that off. Your water heater, you can turn that off too, um, because the water does stay hot for a while. Uh, you know, turn it off. Yeah. These are little things we can put in place to save money however we can. Every penny counts. Every mickle mecca mokle. Every dollar adds up. Okay? So just some suggestions. Now we're going to head south to Curacao. Uh, story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Curacao's North Sea Jazz has been canceled for 2023. In a release, the organizers blamed a combination of logistical challenges, staff shortages, extremely busy tour schedules, and huge cost increases in the aftermath of the corona pandemic on the decision to cancel. For a long time, we truly believed the festival would return to Curacao in a big way this summer. But as is known, the concert and festival industry worldwide has been hit hard by the pandemic and the consequences are still very much present. Not only are we faced with huge staff shortages and rising costs, but also artist tour schedules are extremely busy. And on top of that, we still face major logistic troubles. International travel with large groups remain a challenge, as does the availability and transportation of equipment and hardware. They said they keep hoping for the return of the Curacao North Sea Jazz Festival in 2024. The last one was held back in 2019. You know what I'm here thinking? Um, and I know, you know, people might say, why should we work together like that? Everybody's about making money. I get that. But is it possible for islands to, you know, work together? For example, carnival. You know, you have Trinidad Carnival and you have Jamaica Carnival. And you have all uh, crop over. You have St. Lucia. You have Grenada. You have... Bahamas and they're usually all at different times they the grand finale I should say we do have overlapping fets and mass camps and juve but I'm wondering is there any way for the islands to and promoters and producers so on and so forth to work together so that everybody is able to benefit is that a good suggestion or no let me know what do you think? I'm just thinking about everybody making money, you know, because if everybody has something going on at the same time, it kind of puts um, a strain <laughs> on some countries, some islands versus others. Or is this an opportunity for promoters and the tourist boards to step up, be more um, stri strategic or be more creative? With their marketing plan what are your thoughts how do you feel about that i don't know we don't know go ahead go right ahead good morning good, good morning good morning i understand um god i hate i'm starting to say um i gotta stop listening to Clubhouse. 
<laughs> yeah, I have some bad habits I've picked up too. Don't worry, Javette. You're not alone. Don't, don't worry. You're not alone. You're not alone. I do feel that maybe they can be more strategic so we don't have um oh, there I go again carnivals happening during the same time or maybe even spread out you know with maybe a month or two in between so people can get their cash back up before they travel again i don't really know how thinking right now like one company or industry can come together and decide how to spread this across the Caribbean more than it's already happening though. Because we're all having our carnival during maybe independence time for them or whatever, you know, whatever came in that schedule. Just excuse me guys, I'm not feeling my best this morning. So oh, I feel better yeah. to bed. Yeah, I hope you feel better as the day I, I I just yeah, I don't really know how you can come together and make everybody be able to quantify and to gain money during carnival time meaning all the caribbean islands yeah i see what you're saying you know i'm looking at the map of the caribbean okay and i'm wondering javette if it's possible for example we do group packages right so here's what i'm suggesting so you have the you have trinidad and tobago grenada saint vincent barbados Let's say you have, or, you know, Trinidad, Grenada, St. Vincent. Let's have a grouping right there. And they plan um, in a month and you have a group package where you can do carnival hopping, so to speak. And you pay one price and you're able to book the hotels. Everything is just taken care of. It's an all-inclusive package. Put it that way. Then you'll have Barbados, St. Lucia, Martinique. And they group their things together and say, okay, yeah um so on and so forth am i making sense if we do it group the islands group events island hopping hotel hopping and everybody gets a money <laughs> by the way sula there is a place in honduras called san pedro sula just wanted you to know yeah go ahead i know someone opened their mic go right ahead i don't think that would be feasible right now because as it is, when you look at, if you have a free calendar, fine. But when you look at stuff like school, when school is opening, when you look at stuff like events like cricket and independence and other events that is um, different country has at different time, it will be very difficult to schedule carnival in such a way. Then you look at summer and certain periods of the year is more ideal mm -hmm. for certain events and stuff. I think what is more would be more pertinent is if we could find a way, as I said before, to get a regional carrier that serves as a public good mm -hmm. so that I can go from Grenada to Barbados for the weekend to a carnival, a crop over, a job festival, be back in Grenada Monday, Tuesday, and I could go to Dominica and so on. Mm -hmm. And this regional transport system, which could be a combination of both air and sea, serves the Caribbean as a public good that is subsidized by each government. And as opposed to just using it for the events like that, we use it to do things like um, to move produce from countries, for instance, like Dominica that produce a lot of produce to places like Barbados where it may be more scarce and Antigua and St. Kitts and stuff like that. If we could get something like that, I think it would be do more for us in the Caribbean as opposed to just looking at 
a carnival event calendar. Also, we need to probably revisit the federation mm-hmm. and look at common currency, common markets, and everything like that, free movement of people throughout the region and so on, and make the Caribbean a hub on its own. Yes. In the tourism, we have to also look at more regional tourism. We focus a lot on the external and the international tourists, but there is a lot that can be had from regional tourism, where you could just leave one country a day and go to another. These are the kind of things I think we have to look at if we're really looking at cutting costs and developing all the economies and stuff, as opposed to scheduling events like that. I think these things would have a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. And people in doing so might rearrange their festivals and so accordingly also. Okay, great point. Thank you, Donald. And your point ties in with what Geely has said in the chat. Uh, Maybe if they made travel between the islands a little easier, it would work nicely. Yeah. Yeah, food for thought. Let's hope someone is listening who is able to take this recommendation, these suggestions um, to the drawing board you know to the meeting of the minds and they will be so inclined to at least test it out and see how it works all right thank you so much javette donnell and Geely. okay next up cache of firearms discovered at port castries stored in a compressor story courtesy of saint lucia DodgeLoopNews.com. Customs officers in January discovered a cache of firearms, including a high-powered rifle stored inside a compressor at Port Castres. This is, the discovery was made during a routine scan of the item. No arrests have been made in connection with the discovery as law enforcement officials continue to see an influx of illegal guns entering the country. During his New Year's address to the nation on January 8, Prime Minister Philip J. Pierre expressed concern over the proliferation of illegal guns coming into the country. He expressed confidence that discussions with the U.S. and French governments and their promised assistance would bring some resolve to the issues relating to illegal guns, illegal drugs, gun trafficking, and unsolved homicides in the country. Police officers in 2022 recovered several firearms off the streets, including high-powered automatic guns and ammunition. Prime Minister Pierre called for continued collaboration between the Customs and Excise Department and the Royal St. Lucia Police Force. But St. Lucia, kind of small for them to be having this influx of um, illegal guns and contraband and oh boy my, my my other question is to the people who are sending these things into these islands into the caribbean islands how are we truly doing right by our countries is that how we intend to improve our countries according to the world bank in 2021 St. Lucia's population was 179,651. We're going to round them up to 200,000. That's a really small population. 238.2 square miles. Are we really doing justice, folks, by sending weapons to the folks in our islands? To do what? Kill off each other? So you're sending the guns there. For them to kill off each other while you are living okay wherever you are. Is that smart? 
people go and rob, you can only rob so much. So you go around and you rob everybody and everybody say, okay, them not go about to work. Them not go about to open a business. Them not go about to do anything. And then what happens at that point? Everybody go and sit down and look at each other. I don't know. What, what's the thought process behind those who are asking their overseas counterparts to send them the guns and the ammunition? And what is the thought process behind those who are doing whatever they can to send them there? The guns you're sending might just be used on your very own family members. Think about that for a second. The island is too small. Not even 200,000 people live on the island. Julie says, nothing new. This one just made the news. The criminals have guns that the police force only see on TV. St. Lucia is a mess. We have to be vigilant. Citizens of the Caribbean. We have gems. We have something the world wants. Beautiful beaches. The tropical climate. The easygoing stress-free quote-unquote lifestyle the freedom there are freedoms that we have in the caribbean that we don't have in other parts of the world believe it or not as much as we for example in the u.s as much as we say land of the free <laughs> free where for who for whom you can feel more like a human being in any of the Caribbean islands than you can here in a first world country. Think about that for a second. And many of you, your family members rely heavily on tourism. Heavily. We have a story coming up uh, in a little bit where the Prime Minister of Canada is advising people not to go to Jamaica. Come on, man. Do we want a regional travel advisory? We don't need that. And then we're going to turn around and say, well, what is the government going to do about it? No, what are you doing about it? We look to the government to solve every single issue and it's impossible. What are you going to do about it? So I'm grateful that they were able to find this hidden um, package or whatever you want to call it stored in a compressor. Fingerprints have to be on it somewhere at some point. So I hope they're able to find the people who are linked um, to the criminal activity. Now it's time for us to go to St. Vincent. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. St. Vincent's Prime Minister... Uh, Dr. Ralph Gonsalves will leave the state, I think today, yeah. He's headed for Venezuela on what is his first official visit as pro tempore president of the community of Latin America and the Caribbean. So, you know, I'm, it's my first time hearing this word. So I'm going to look it up and see exactly what it means. Pro tempore meaning... The meaning of pro tempore is for, is a tempore tempore for the time being. Let me see what it says, the proper pronunciation. Let me see. I don't want to mispronounce. Pro tempore. Pro tempore. Ah, see? 
pro tempore p-r-o-t-e-m-p-o-r-e let me do that again pro pro say it again pro tempore okay there we go so what does it mean in the meantime pretty much that's what it is in the meantime temporary so why don't i just say temporary why do i have to <laughs> stop it moment <laughs> <laughs> for the time being so you can have more vocabulary let me ask you a question Javet. sometimes you ever listen to some speeches when some people are talking <laughs> Lord, forgive me for this. Um, of course, when they're being introduced, you're hearing all the titles, you know, BSc, this, that, MSc, um, PhD, blase, blah, and the list goes on and on and on. And then they get up there because, of course, now their their chins are up a little more and the shoulders are out and the shoulders are back and chest out a little more. And for the entire speech, whether it's 15, 20, 30 minutes, it says though they're using every single word in the dictionary and you're looking at them like who the hell are you really trying to impress <laughs> that ever happened to you like i know we know you're educated we know you are very scholarly but do you really need to use every single big word as we like to call it in the dictionary that we can't spell our pronouns why why do we do that <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I don't pay attention because it, when I was in school, they tried to tell me that I don't speak properly. Really? And would try to put me in speech class, you know, because I'm Caribbean. So, of course, I don't hold, have... Hold on a second, Javette. What's your first language? <laughs> Caribbean Patois, I guess. <laughs> okay. So I don't really um, knock people when they speak a certain way unless their energy is projecting that I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. If they're not projecting that to me, I'm good with what they're saying. Okay. Fair statement. And I, I'm glad you said that because sometimes I don't think they scan and temper their audience. Sometimes I don't think they do that. And people have walked away with, what the hell did this person just say? Because they were not able to um, understand the words. And not every, no, there are some words that you don't know the meaning of, but the context in which those words are used, you are able to, um, you're able to, makes sense figure out what the word means right i agree with you there yeah but some people are not able to do that they're not able to say oh okay it means temporary okay 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 you know so we need to scan our audience get a an idea of who we are speaking to and adjust accordingly right but let me throw hold on donald one second go ahead javette but let me throw something out there. Yeah. Don't we feel a certain way when others may come and try to join a conversation and then they may be speaking down to us? Yeah. Because they're using the patois. So I guess that's why I kind of leave people where they're at. Okay. Because I don't want anyone to come in and like I have 
unfortunately <laughs> been a part of in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Hey, girl. <laughs> no. Don't no. do it. Don't do it. Don't do no. It. I, I, yeah. So I, I'll let Donald talk. <laughs> okay, Javek, go ahead, Donald. I think in that case is a weakness on the speaker because it's a missed opportunity to reach your audience. You have to be able to deliver a speech that would be pertinent to your audience and get your message across. So if you're speaking above your audience head, then I think it's a missed opportunity to deliver whatever it is you're trying to deliver to the audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, we, we have to be sensitive. Um, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, so next up, thank you, Javette. Thank you, Donald. Next up, uh, contractor gets hard labor for threatening girlfriend with murder-suicide. Story courtesy of tt.lootnews.com. Trigger warning, this article contains information of a sensitive nature. Details include the alleged harassment of a woman. The information can potentially be upsetting and may trigger negative feelings or memories. Okay, so I'm giving you the trigger warning, folks. A 34-year-old contractor was sentenced to two months of hard labor when he appeared before Tunapuna Magistrate Indra Ramu Haynes on February 6, after he pleaded guilty to a harassment charge. Between January 27 and February 1, the accused allegedly called his girlfriend's phone and sent several text messages threatening to kill both him and her. Officers of the Arima Police Station referred the matter to the Special Victims Department to conduct an investigation. As a result, a man was arrested on February 2 and subsequently charged with harassment on February 5th. You cannot take anything lightly, folks. You have to be so careful, especially when you're in relationships. uh, Relationships that have expired, meaning you're no longer together. If you're no longer with a person or you're telling someone, hey, you know what? I need to break this off. You know, I really need to let you go. And they're sending threatening messages. Be careful with those. Report those. It is better to report them. They investigate them and nothing comes of it than not to, to ignore the thing. And then it becomes a real situation where you actually end up dead or harmed. All right, so food for thought, food for thought on that one. Are we going to take a quick break? When we return, we have more stories out of the Caribbean corner, stories out of Jamaica. Here is a little more Tina Turner for us. Here she is singing, I can't stand the rain. Of course, you know, this one was redone by Missy Elliott. I can't stand the rain. Against my window Bringing back sweet memories I can't stand the ride Against my window Cause he ain't here with me Hey, window pain Tell me, do you remember How sweet it used to be
Thank you once again to everyone listening online on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Jano Radio app. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Maybe. Maybe. 
it is hashtag WCW. We celebrate women, and today we are celebrating Tina Turner through music. To everyone with me right here on Clubhouse, I do appreciate you. For those listening online, if you want to be a part of the conversation, join us on Clubhouse. The Clubhouse app is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. When you get on, just search for Coffee and Toes. T-O-E. It is hashtag WCW this Wednesday and every Wednesday. What we do is we feature a female artist or, you know, various female artists all the time. Coming up after this one, we're going to get back to business. More stories out of the Caribbean border. Keep it locked.
Thank you so much, everyone listening online and everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Thank you for staying tuned in to Coffee Intel World News on the go. It's time for us to get back to the rest of our stories out of the Caribbean corner. And these stories are out of Jamaica. First up, government details pending uh, amendments to child seat provision of road traffic act. The government is amending the controversial child restraint regulations over the new Road Traffic Act in response to strong public criticism. And let me tell you, people have not been silent. They're making their voices heard, rightfully so. Uh, Transport Minister Audley Shaw told the House of Representatives on Tuesday that the amendment will allow small children to be restrained by an adult. Oh, why didn't they think of that to begin with? Huh? Mm, explain to me. Why didn't you? That was a no-brainer because, you know, y'all claim that you went all around the world. Requirements. In the case of licensed public passenger cars or buses, children under one year old must be restrained by an adult. One to three year old may travel with no restraint or be restrained by an adult. Three to six years old may travel without restraint, restrained by an adult, or a lap belt. Six to nine years old may travel without restraint or with a lap belt. Children over nine years old may travel without restraint with a lap belt or a three-point 
seatbelt. Only children who are of the weight and size to use an adult seatbelt are permitted to travel in the front passenger seat. In addition, where an adult is restraining a child, the adult should not be in the front. Children under one year old are to be restrained by an adult in all forms of transport. Madam Speaker, the implementation of the RTA 2018 and its regulations have evoked much needed response from our stakeholders. And we as a government have a responsibility to create laws that benefit the people of the nation's overall well-being. We have heard the feedback from the people and are prepared to take into consideration all the variables. However, it must be clear that there will be no compromise on the intent of the law and the safety of our people. The amendments which I have announced today will be carried out this very week, this week, and uh, to also let everyone know that we are giving a three-month period where other issues that, that will no doubt arise, will, we will lead, it will all lead over three months, within three months we intend to make whatever additional amendments that need, need to be made to the Act will be done to the Act as well. That was Minister Audley Shaw, Minister of Transport and Mining. He was speaking in the House of Representatives on Tuesday afternoon. Am I the only one that says time him retire? It's as though he's struggling to speak. When are we going to understand that it's okay to step aside it's okay to retire from a position bring in new blood young minds the man can barely talk but we insist on keeping them there you know you can't blame them you have to blame the voters who don't demand and ask for new faces we talk about antiques here in the U.S. We have the antiques there in Jamaica as well. And I'm sure in other Caribbean islands, people who have become fixtures, so to speak, is as though them can't come out, them can't be moved. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, I didn't want to <laughs> stray from the article. But I couldn't help but listen to his voice. And as he's talking, my neck is straight. I don't know why we do this, but I'm like stretching my neck as though I'm the one feeling it. I, I don't know. No one to, um, I think what you call them constituents need to write letters to them constituency offices and say, you know, I think we need some fresh blood. Minister Audishaw, you have served your country. For a very long time. It's okay. You can't retire now. But back to the article at hand. Um, wow. It's a shame that this was not thought of or these um, recommendations were not thought of prior. Basic common sense. It is what people were doing before. So we're right back at square one. You know, so that people were holding their children in their laps all along. Whether it's bus or taxi, if them never full, 
then the picnic with the child would sit beside them so y'all wasted time just to go back to what it was before I need a reimbursement on my tax money. That's all I'm going to say for that one. Because Ono could have stayed with that. Ono could have really stay with that one. All right. Up next. Um, major crimes down by 30% since the start of 2023. And I would say that's good news. Sometime around 10.45 p.m. last evening. With a foot patrol in the river time today. Okay, so this um one that we're hearing the sound bite for is a teenage boy among two killed in Riverton City Police confrontation. I'll go ahead and start it over. My apologies. Sometime around ten forty five PM last evening with a foot patrol in the Riverton City uh community. Somewhere along Ferguson Drive, the foot patrol came under attack. From a group of gunmen, the police officers responded. And uh, at the end of the shooting, two male Jamaicans were found suffering from gunshot wounds. Uh, they were rushed to the KPH where they were pronounced dead. Uh, two firearms were recovered from these men. The Riverton City community is a major area of concern for us. In fact, I would have said it over and over that it's an area that is inundated with gangs and gang type activities. That area where the police officers were attacked is known to be dominated by the blingers and the blue wings of gangs. These men are known to uncover darkness to come out into what can only be described as a very unstructured community. And, uh, you know, I must commend the officers who went into the space on foot. And this is an, always an attempt for us to reclaim the ground that these gangsters are attempting to take over. You just heard the voice of SSP Kirk Ricketts, who is head of the St. Andrews South Police Division. I have this question, and I think, I'm not sure if I've asked the question here before, but, okay, you dispatch and you go into these communities to rid the communities of these um, criminal elements. But what are you doing to uplift the communities? So it takes more than one body, right? More than one group of people. So you have the police force or the JDF that go in and they um, get a hold of these criminals or they kill them, what have you. But then you leave and the, the community is left in its same state. I would strongly support the demolition and the rebuilding of these communities. Of course, you can't do it all at once. But I would strongly support um, doing it in phases, in stages. Because you, truth be told, when you live in an environment that looks good and feels good, I want to believe that it does change your outlook on life. If all I'm surrounded by every time I wake up in the morning and I open my window, open my door, and all I'm seeing is rusty zinc fences and um, board houses and I'm walking down lanes that when rain falls is pure mud, little alleyways and that has been the pattern for decades am i really and truly and people may say but you should be motivated use that as your motivation to get out but unfortunately everybody doesn't
feel that way because people are so focused on survival. For those politicians who um, these areas fall under their umbrella, have you ever stopped and thought about how I can truly improve my communities, the communities I represent, the communities where every time there's an election, I go in there and I give them a, a case of liquor and some box food and probably an talika like $500 here or there. Do I truly care about these communities or do I only quote unquote care when it's election time and I need to ensure that I keep my seat? Caring for me is improving the lives of those who live in those communities. Improving the aesthetic of the community. Improving or making accessible resources to these constituents. I think that's these constituencies need to demand those things from their leaders, their political leaders. Go right ahead, Donald. <laughs> yes, moments. Um, it's one thing to say that you could just demolish or rebrand or rebuild a community, but you have to look at does the politician have the resources to do that? I think what we can do is to provide more avenues by which the people can help themselves. Most of the time in very poor downtrodden communities, there is a sense that there is people have no options. There is no way to earn money. There is always very, very high um, unemployment rates and um, the economic activities is usually very low. So there is a sense of hopelessness. So even sometimes people just don't have that energy to try to even make it out or to make a difference. So I think it might be difficult to change the entire environment, but what you can do is to start finding innovative ways of re-engaging the communities and getting employment, getting small businesses started, help the people to help themselves. I mean, everybody wouldn't respond to it, but I think if there is some more hope, if you ignite hope in some of these communities, it might make a real big difference and then the government could assist where they can. But it's very difficult to ask the government to change some of the situation like on a global scale because of the limited resources available to the government itself. Okay, Donald. So you chipped out for me for a little bit, but I want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. So you're saying it's the community members who should try to see what they can do for themselves to uplift themselves, uplift their communities versus depending on the government. Am I hearing you correctly? No, I'm saying okay. it will be difficult for the government themselves to do all the changes or the, 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 the changes at the level that you're, you're, you're asking for. Mm -hmm. But what I think the government can do is to provide avenues by which the community can help themselves, give them hope. Right. Um, provide some more em employment, provide some more small businesses, provide some funding to make things happen and let the community lead because the government may not have the resources to make the, the wholesale change that is needed. Mm -hmm. But if you could ignite hope in the people, if you could get the people helping themselves and providing the avenue by which they could do that, you can see vast improvements. And then you continue to work with them as you improve. 
Okay. But to ask the government to do it, I think it's a pipe dream. Hmm. Go right ahead, Jafet. Go ahead. Where's Jafet? I thought Jafet was going to say something. Can y'all hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Okay, sorry I'm in the car. So, do. Javette, is it me or is it Javette? Not hearing you, Javette. Not hearing you. Communities don't even have good plumbing. So, to provide them with incentives and jobs and things like that, you still have to start with the infrastructure. I think that the government does have to be the initial person to go in and change the community before you start providing them with education and jobs and things like that. I hope y'all hear me. I'm not yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Heard you, heard you. Because, yeah. I mean, there, there's still a lot of people just living in tin houses with tin roofs, don't even have real windows, you know, still got to take a bucket to the corner where the pipe is, where, where the well is to get water. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What, what, is, what is a job going to provide except for maybe, maybe I'll be able to make enough to maybe move somewhere else. That's a big maybe. So I yield. Yeah. Thank you, Javette. Thank you, Donald. Um, and I, I agree with both of you. I do. Um, Donald, to what I believe is that they find the money when they want to find the money for what they want to find it for. I think the government has wasted a lot of money over the years. A lot of money that is used around election time for feed and Hanota wanting and give a man a work because they want to vote. They could pool those resources. They can seek funding get grants to help improve those lives and you're absolutely right javet to your point basic infrastructure water you know because if i can't sleep at night if mafia or let me remove the can't sleep at night if i'm through the night thinking about but i forgot to get up and guard the tank tomorrow morning and me have to do this and me have to do that and you're so consumed about the things you have to do to survive that even though education might be provided, you're going to be distracted. We know education is the key. We know that. But you're going to not be able to focus. Go right ahead, uh, Donald. Go ahead. I, I totally agree with Javed, 100%. Uh, when I said the government work with the community, I was of the assumption that at the most basic level, infrastructure is provided running water, reasonable roads, electricity, avail availability of electricity, everything. At the most basic level, the government should be able to provide these for the communities. And if we can't do that, then what can we build on? How we, we have businesses and all the other stuff? So I was, the presumption was that the government at the most basic level provide those things in these communities. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. They have a standpipe. Uh, everybody have to walk to the standpipe. Yeah, that's that's what they provide, a standpipe. There isn't even legal electricity in these communities. Not that the people them probably not even want that. 
them all right to show the line because them no one pay the light bill but at least let the people them feel like human beings you ever look at the faces of people in some of these communities draw right down to the ground because they're frustrated not having the basic infrastructure in place no street light no dead eh? if them do is one way out of the end out so and you have to walk in in a darkness i've seen the videos and it's a it's disturbing and people have been living like this for decades my first time i'm not sure if i told the story here my first time seeing dirt floor i'll never forget i was working at a bank in kingston and a few of us were going out to a lady saw a concert that night and one young lady she you know said she had to leave her daughter with her mom in one of the inner cities in kingston and when she pulled up to the house um and the mom opened the door was a dirt floor with a tilly lamp you know those lamps you have to fill up with your kerosene and yeah like that bed well made because you could see inside bed well made but dirt floor that was my first time seeing that this young lady that i worked with early 20s that's what she grew up in so that means it has and in her early 20s that's how she grew up that's 20 plus years of the mother living like that. A narrow road for go down. To get there. That little wood house. Her mother works. Mother work. Mother work. Um, days work. Them call it. You know, and you're going help or maid, whatever you want to refer to it as. Yeah. So some people are working, doing the best that they can, but they still don't have the basics that they need. And that's hard. That is hard. And you've already, you've already proven just within the past couple of weeks how much money has been wasted Yep. Yeah. Or not even audited. So where is that money? Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Javed. Lack of accountability. And, and here's what the government can do too. For those MPs that live in Kingston, St. Catherine, um, St. Andrew. And let me even extend to some parts of St. Thomas. If you're close by, depending on how far out you are. Why are we taking MPs out of FIDEM house and putting them into other houses and paying rent for those houses? And then they are allowed to rent out their houses to whomever. Why are we allowing that? You know, that's millions of dollars. So right there, that's a leak unnecessary government spending if you ask me unnecessary the mps all have drivers paid for by the government understand that 
So if you have a driver and you have to come into Kingston for um what you call it a meetings, you pay the driver, stay in your house wherever you be. I bet you if they did that, you would see a huge amount of money appear. Huge savings. They are bleeding unnecessarily. The money is there. They just refuse to channel it the way it ought to. Which I remember some months ago, someone right here, I can't remember who, but someone right here in Coffee and Toe said, is it a possibility that that's their intention to keep these communities the way they are? Because lack of resources, lack of infrastructure, lack of education serves them. Serves them. And it's not just in Jamaica. Let's look even in the States, in some communities that are riddled with crime and they just look dilapidated. Is it that that's how they want them to remain because it works in their benefit? We have to think about that. So we're here talking about clean up when the politicians say no, 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 no. Because if we clean up, hey, and if we provide education, access to it, oh, people are going to get smart. And then uh, that takes money out of our pocket. Is that far-fetched? Honestly, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. This world was built on a class system. Yep. The only way you can keep that is that you're able to have people in different categories. I'm sorry, I'm all stuffy and stuff, so yeah. I don't know how I sound right now. I hope you have your eucalyptus oil that you can inhale. Yeah, I just can't take it to work with me. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you have to leave it in the car. <laughs> yeah. So just some thoughts. All right, just some thoughts swirling around that we have. Ah, uh, I just closed out my next story. <laughs> okay, so we did. Um, all right, next one, major crimes down by 30% uh, since the start of 2023. At the end of January, overall, major crimes are down by 31% when compared to last year. Murders were down by 34%, shootings down by 26%, rapes down by 47%, robberies down by 44%, and break-ins were down by 7%. Gun conflicts accounted for 65% of these murders, and interpersonal conflicts accounted for 22%, while 3% occurred in the furtherance of other criminal acts. 10% are still being determined. Since the new Firearms Act came into effect on November the 1st, 2022, just about 348 charges have been laid against 187 persons for various offenses. This year, for January, 131 charges have been laid against 75 persons under this Act. Of note is the fact that we have been applying the new offenses, including distribution, stockpiling and trafficking, and we await the outcome of the cases now before the courts. As at February the 4th, 130 illegal guns have been seized this year, which is a 24% increase over the corresponding period last year. Apart from the interdiction of illegal weapons coming into our country, there have also been considerable seizures of cocaine, with the seizure of 520 kilograms on December 26, 2022, and another 1,545 kilograms seized in mid-January this year, the highest amount ever seized in Jamaica. 
there has not been any arrest in respect of that matter. The investigation is ongoing. What I will say, we are following significant lead and ultimately we'll come back to the public to let them know what is the result. The previous voice you heard was that of Commissioner Anthony Anderson. And meanwhile, Deputy Commissioner of Police in Charge of Crime, Fitz Bailey, says no arrest has been made in connection with the illegal firearms that were seized at the Port Handler's warehouse in Montego Bay, St. James, last Friday. There has not been any arrest in respect of that matter. The investigation is ongoing. What I will say, we are following significant lead and ultimately we'll come back to the public to let them know what is the result. A number of our seizures that we have made, we have made arrests. There was an occasion when we had 21 firearms, that was last year, 2019 actually. 21 firearms were recovered. We have actually made arrests in that matter. And then we had the firearms that were recovered, Kingston um, Freight Handlers Limited, 21 firearms were recovered. Four persons were charged, including the mastermind, and I could name several others. So I just want to disabuse the mind of people who believe that we do not have the competence to investigate these cases. We have improved our skills, our intelligence, and the collaboration with our international partner is beyond question. In terms of the ports, this is an area that is being looked at by government. But at the moment, the police, we have a port division that operates in conjunction with the other security personnel on the ports. But the port issue and the border management issue is a live one. We have met as well the heads of the various entities with responsibilities to look at this. And as I say, it's an it's a area of interest from the Ministry of National Security. So we will see. Major General Anthony Anderson and Fitz Bailey, Deputy Commissioner of Police in Charge of Crime, were both speaking at a JCF press conference on Tuesday. Well, I'll, be say, I'll say this. I'm happy to see that the numbers are reflecting a downturn. Right? That's good. May they continue to report more favorable numbers in the future. We have to clean up. We have to clean up. Um, corruption is too rampant. Crime is rampant. And, you know, every gun removed, every shipment intercepted saves lives. All right. So continue the work. Continue the good work. You know, just keep going. Don't stop. Don't ever stop. Next up, um, Scott on local business. Reintroduce tax incentives again i want to make a special appeal to the most honorable prime minister that in case the tax incentives sir it has outlived its name i'm asking that you once again please ensure that it has been brought back into operation please sir spanish town's mayor norman scott is asking prime minister andrew holness to reintroduce tax incentives, which will allow investors to establish businesses in the town. He made the call during the official opening ceremony of the Carimed Group Distribution Center at Bernard Lodge in Spanish Town on Friday. Mr. Scott also wants the old capital to be declared a tourist destination. I'm also asking you, Prime Minister, to assist in removing the requirements from TPD code that are preventing emancipation square.
from being on the list of the tourist destination. Please, every day we see buses of tourists coming to the center, but we are unable to do several things because it is not on the list of tourist destination and it is being prevented by the TPD Club. And on the matter of Portmore, he used the occasion to urge the Prime Minister to let the people of Portmore decide whether or not the community should become a parish. I know it is your great intentions to separate Portmore from Spanish Town. I'm going to ask that you have a serious look at that because Portmore was born out of the hard work from the people of Portmore. And so whilst it is easy to amend the 1867 Act, it is blood and sweat of the people of Portmore that has brought Portmore to where it is. And so give the people a chance to decide their future. That was Spanish Town's Mayor Norman Scott. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Andrew Holness says he welcomes the continued investment of Caramed in Jamaica. While speaking at the opening ceremony of a warehouse distribution center, Prime Minister Holness says the new center shows Caramed's confidence in Jamaica's economy. The Prime Minister explained how the new $6 billion Jamaican, I'm sorry, $6 billion Jamaican dollar warehouse would help with employment. It is obvious that the construction represents a part of Caramed's strategy for growth and expansion. It also indicates clearly the confidence that the principles of the, con- of the company has in the direction of the economy and the government. We don't come from a social ethic that supports entrepreneurs, that sees them for the heroic work that they do in creating jobs, in innovating, in building the economy. But we need to change that social ethic to recognize the value of the investor, the value of the businessman, the value of the capitalist. That he's not a bad person. (laughs) Prime Minister Holness used the new warehouse as an example of why entrepreneurs should be supported. (laughs) Um, So I have to agree with uh, Scott on the call for tax incentives for Jamaicans. You know, Internationals seem to get the breaks all the time. It is time we start looking at our own entrepreneur-minded people, those who want to build in the country, those who want to hire people, but whose hands are often tied because of the um, ridiculous interest rates that are being um, levied on loans or the bureaucratic red tape and the hoops that they have to jump to to prove themselves versus foreign investors. So I stand with you, Mr. Scott, on that call. That's the only way we can move forward, right? Go ahead, Donald. Go right ahead. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think um, the incentive is always good for people coming in. But sometimes as a local investor, the requirements the bank is asking you for. I know someone in a particular country that was want to do a business, feasibility is good, and they're asking for 20%. The person tell me, if I had 20%, I wouldn't go to the bank. Exactly. I would start with the 20%. Exactly. So you keep pricing these people out of the market, and you wonder why we're not doing anything as innovators and entrepreneurs in the region. 
You understand? Some of the interest rates are ridiculous. Not only that, you get a, a loan quicker for a house or, or a car. But once you talk business, it's like the loans are non-existence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How is it possible? Yep. I agree with you, Dono. I agree with you wholeheartedly. All right. Uh, no reason to be skeptical over Canada Travel Advisory. Story courtesy of JamaicaObserver.com. Dear Mr. Brown, I believe that the travel advisories from Canada about Jamaica are ironic and hypocritical because the Prime Minister of Canada and his family recently vacationed on the island. How can Canada try to stop Canadians from coming here when the Prime Minister was here on vacation? RDI. In response, dear RDI, the first travel advisory was issued in early December, shortly after a state of emergency, which was imposed in eight parishes on December 6. However, this travel advisory was updated on December 28, the same day that a new SOE was imposed across eight parishes. The Canadian government has issued an advisory to warn Canadians to exercise a high degree of caution in Jamaica due to the high level of violent crime. The current advisory informs Canadians that the Jamaican government reinstated SOEs in several parishes due to increased violence and gang-related crime, and that the SOEs in Jamaica essentially entail increased searches, seizures, and detention of persons of interest. According to the travel advisory, violent crime, including armed robbery and murder, is a problem in large cities and tourist areas, including parts of Kingston and Montego Bay, despite the presence of police to counter criminal activity. The availability of firearms is widespread, and most violent drug and gang-related crimes, especially murder, involve guns. There is a risk of becoming the victim of crossfire in these areas. Tourists are also at risk of crimes of opportunity, especially theft and robberies. Canadians are encouraged to take actions such as cooperate with military and police officers, carry valid ID at all times, be prepared to encounter various checkpoints, allow extra time to reach destinations, follow the instructions of local authorities, monitor local news to stay informed. And what is the position of the Jamaican government? Prime Minister Andrew Holness declared SOEs in certain parishes to curtail increased criminal activities and bolster public safety after carefully considering recommendations from the security chiefs. Regarding the justification for SOEs, it was stated amongst other things that the threat levels for ongoing gang conflicts, contract killings, organized robberies of businesses, hijacking of goods in transit and various scams that lead ultimately to the loss of lives, spreading of fear and the depriving of entire communities of their freedom to pursue their business and happiness remain elevated and extensive in scale. The government has to maximize and use all lawful means to multiply and project its security resources, not only to investigate and interdict after the occurrence of crimes or loss of lives, but to increase presence to deter criminals and conduct various operations to preempt them. The murder rate in Jamaica is unacceptable in any country 
by any standard, by any means. So what is the basis of the travel advisory? The government of Canada is not preventing or attempting to prevent anyone from traveling to Jamaica. The government owes a duty of care to advise Canadians of the risks of overseas travel. It is important to note that most Canadians are more familiar with the all-inclusive vacation experience than the state of affairs of the Jamaica society. Therefore, it is reasonable to include information regarding risks such as the nature, level, type, extent, duration, prevalence and location, as well as practical information regarding expectations and how to handle the risk. According to Prime Minister Holness, the risk is exceptional. Therefore, it can only be prudent for the government of Canada to alert its citizens and to make recommendations accordingly. Canadians are advised about the high degree of caution that should be exercised in Jamaica regarding matters of violent crime, petty crime, women's safety and sexual assault, the spiking of food and beverage, credit card and ATM fraud, water activity and water sports, road safety and conditioning and conditions, sorry, when driving conditions in Canada are vastly different. So they need to be careful, pay attention to narrow winding roads, insufficient road maintenance, poor lighting, inadequate signage, poor lane markings, damage to roads during the hurricane season, speeding as well as driving under the influence of marijuana or alcohol. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Them come for me. <laughs> hard, hard, hard. The roads, let me let me explain something to you. The roads, <laughs> we Jamaicans are accustomed to the roads, right? We know, say, if a man drives straight past certain roads, he's probably drunk, right? If you're alert and you're not inebriated, you know, say, you have to dodge a couple of patrol. I just saw the thing go. We Jamaicans have been crying out about the road conditions for decades, from I'm a child. Um, we're, we're getting there. Give us time. Give us time. We're getting there. As it relates to all the other activities, it's fine that you highlight them. And I understand you want to give the heads up. Um, and warn your citizens before they venture out to the beautiful island of Jamaica. But like with any country, there are two countries within one or three, sometimes four. There are certain areas you know you just stay out of. Even in Canada, I'm sure there are areas in Canada that you just don't go to. So too in the U.S., so too in the UK. It's, it's all over the world. Everything that has been highlighted here that is bad about Jamaica, tell me which country now have them same things there. Tell me. Tell me. When you can tell me, I'll, I'll stop doing the comparison. And we have to exercise caution no matter where we go in the world spring break is coming up here in south florida you gotta be on your p's and q's sex traffickers are busy looking to grab people drugs all up and down the streets your drinks will get spiked if you're not vigilant and alert it happens there's petty crime there's violent crime people get beat up on the streets of miami beach for no reason 
gangs or groups of fellas come down on them and just beat them up. So how is that different? Just asking. Not saying I'm condoning what's going on, but I'm trying to say, don't just put Jamaica under the spotlight as if we are. And, and even though you're saying that you're not preventing or attempting to prevent, subliminally you are. Because there's people, there are those of us who operate in fear. Oh, I'm not going to go because I don't want this to happen to me. It happens. So, you know, that's, that's it. I'm done. I'm done ranting. And that wraps up our stories out of the Caribbean corner. Going to take another quick break. When we return, we will have stories out of Latin America and the international scene. Here is some more from the one and only Tina Turner as we celebrate hashtag WCW Women. We celebrate women today and we're featuring her and only her. To everyone listening online on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. You must understand the 
touch of your hand makes my pulse react That it's only the thrill of boy-meeting girl while the sense attract It's physical Only logical You must try to ignore that it means more than
thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Thank you for joining me every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. We're going to get back to business right after this one early in the morning, being sung by the one and only Tina Turner. Tina Turner, born November 26, 1939, in Nutbush, Tennessee. She's now 83 years old. Turner, born Anna Mae Bullock, is an American-born and naturalized Swiss retired singer, dancer, and actress, widely referred to as the Queen of Rock and Roll. She rose to prominence as the lead singer of the Ike and Tina Turner Review before launching a successful career as a solo performer. One regret I have in this life is that um, one of my regrets is that I never had the opportunity to see her live in performance. And she's retired now, so doubt it's ever going to happen. Unless she surprises us, right? Hey, mama. Hey, Teflon. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's going on with London? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, just, I just arrived, so... I'll... I, don't know, I need I need updating. Yeah, you need updating. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, I just got back from Spain, so. Hi, yeah. how was it in España? It was nice. Mm, hate you. A little bit, a, a little bit chilly, but yeah, it was, it was a nice vibe. Nice what part vibe. of Spain did you go to again? I went to Madrid. Madrid. Did you watch yeah, any bull fighting? No, no, no. <laughs> didn't go that far. Didn't go that far. Okay. No, no, no. Just ate ate a lot of food got drunk in the market oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> what did you eat i'll show you the, um you'll see on friday okay on the good. upload yeah, all right yeah. so teflon travels folks check it out on youtube 
um i'm gonna stop watching though teflon because you're making me drool over the food you're low-key wicked <laughs> evil you're not right you're not right at all but love it love it love it yeah continue doing it continue don't stop you can't stop now <laughs> that's all i can say all right folks so it's time for us to get back to business thank you to everyone listening online qmzradio.com and johnnoradio.com of course a big thank you to everyone here with me on clubhouse for our first story uh we well why am i saying first story we've been doing stories but our only story out of latin america balloon sighted over latin america is from china beijing says is it that china has just released some balloons into the air you know and they're sending them to different places not sure what's going on but courtesy of aljazeera.com beijing has confirmed that a balloon spats and i'm lapsing like crazy this morning spotted flying over latin america is chinese two days after the united states shot down a similar device that american officials described as a spy balloon china has expressed fury at the u.s decision decision to shoot down the device that it insisted was an unmanned weather surveillance aircraft that had veered off course last week. The balloon sparked outrage in Washington, which accused Beijing of an unacceptable violation of its sovereignty and prompted Secretary of State Antony Blinken to postpone a trip to China that was expected to begin on Sunday. Hmm. On Monday, Beijing acknowledged that the latest balloon spotted by U.S. and Colombian officials flying over Latin America at the weekend was also Chinese. The Minister of Foreign Affairs in Beijing said the device was of a civilian nature and used for test flights or flight tests and has limited self-steering capability. Okay, so the first one is weather surveillance this one is um <laughs> flight tests they look the same hmm. they look the same to me well not the same they look like the same a replica of the one that was shot down so what's the real story china what's going on china why are you spying go ahead teflon I'm a bit confused because I was in the room and I was talking about the same article, but they're saying that there's a conspiracy that it's not actually China. They said it's actually the the Americans that are actually pointing out. So I don't know if I don't know if it's I don't know if they're just um, acting and pretending like it, it, it doesn't belong to them. But yeah, they, they reckon it's the Americans. Listen, anything, anything is possible, right? Because they can sell us any story, right, Teflon? Yeah. Because everybody's going to want the story to be reported to their benefit. So, hey, what can we do? But just be aware. Look up for balloons. <laughs> just look up for balloons. Um, uh, the Minister of Foreign Affairs in Beijing said the device was a civilian nature and used for test flights. What can I say? Affected by weather forces in addition to its maneuverability being limited, the airship deviated greatly from its expected course and accidentally entered Latin American and Caribbean airspace. And that's according to their ministry, Mao Ning. But I'm sure these things are computer. Well, China is claiming ownership to it, right? I am sure that these things are 
controlled by some um what you call it computer device so i kind of find it weird and hard to believe that it would just um what you call it stray into uh i don't know and stray so far because last week um was it last week or this week when Sonette said it's 7,000 miles from the middle of China to the middle of the U.S., right? So it's a couple thousand miles that it has deviated from its course. Yeah, I'm sorry. If another one pops up, Teflon, I'm going to believe, yes, something is really up. And will the next one be of a civilian nature? We don't know. We don't know. We can only for the best right okay our next story this one is so sad uh turkey syria the civilian the syrian civil defense um leading efforts to rescue people buried under rubble in rebel held areas of earthquake hit syria says it has not received any aid so far so far more than eleven thousand people have been reported dead as a result of the earthquake and the number is continuing to grow at least 8,500. Um, and that 11,000 is a t total so far between Turkey and Syria. Uh, at least 8,574 of that number are people out of Turkey. And that's according to Turkey's president. Um, at least 2,500 have been killed in Syria. <sighs> this is, um, I saw a report this morning of a baby that was born so a woman gave birth under the rubble. Um, I'm not sure if it was in Turkey or Syria, but one of the two. All right. This is so sad. Um, if they want aid to come fast, they could declare themselves as state in Ukraine. In the morning, they would get aid. <laughs> it's sad that we have to think like that, right, Donald? It's really it's sad. A, it's the reality. It's it the reality. When it, when it comes to certain groups of people, for whatever reason, we don't think they need help or whatever it is. You know, when it's something that happens in certain countries, you know, we would pray for France, we would pray for Ukraine, but Turkey and their, these Syria, places, yeah. no. Yemen and all these places, no. These people don't need help. It's probably a sigh of relief, huh? Um, I'm okay if, if President Biden makes an announcement tomorrow or today. I'm okay with um, endorsing them getting billions of dollars in aid. I'm okay with this. This I will say yes to. This is a casualty of nature. Not even a casualty. This is a uh, travesty. This is nature. We have no control over earthquakes and the damage they are able to cause. None whatsoever. But war, that's all stemming from human greed. The need for power. The desire to be um, powerful and make others become fearful of us. That's a, you know, that I, I'm, I'm sorry. But this right here. So let's see how quickly Washington is going to put out a statement with regard to how much aid they're going to send. 
Okay. But while we're talking about aid, there is also something that we want to mention. How to donate to Turkey and Syria, the earthquake disaster response. Also courtesy of aljazeera.com. Devastating earthquakes have killed thousands of people in southern Turkey and in northern Syria, and dozens of countries have deployed search and rescue teams while humanitarian groups race to respond to the complex situation. For those seeking to donate to help the response, charity groups and watchdogs advise taking some basic steps. First, they recommend researching the charity to make sure they are reputable. Second, they recommend determining if a charity will be the most effective in responding to a given crisis. Third, they usually recommend giving cash, which offers uh, chosen aid groups the most flexibility. So how to choose a charity? Luckily, several groups monitor and rate charities and their effective and efficient use of funds. They include Charity Watch, which provides a database and general ratings of groups, including the percentage of a donation that will be used in operational costs. The group advises that potential donors double-check the name of purported charities, as imitators may use similar names to long-established organizations. It also recommends giving directly to a chosen group. Meanwhile, Charity Navigator has compiled a list of 28 charitable groups most relevant in the disaster in Turkey and Syria, as well as ratings for each group. Uh, the organization which focuses on groups either based in the United States or with offices in other countries give high ratings to the Syrian Medical um, Syrian American Medical Society Foundation, the Center for Disaster Philanthropy, ICNA Relief USA Plan International Inc. and Direct Relief. Also highly rated are the Zakat Foundation of America, Global Giving, Save the Children care and the american red cross so what i'm going to implore everyone to do is implore everyone to do is do your research be careful of gofundmes that are going to pop up be very careful because whenever there is a tragedy whenever there is a natural disaster unfortunately we have those folks who are going to use it as an opportunity to capitalize and get money for themselves all right so be very careful is all i can say in our next story disney cuts simpsons china forced labor episode in hong kong story also courtesy of aljazeera.com the walt disney company has removed an episode of the simpsons cartoon series that included a reference to forced labor camps in china from its streaming service in Hong Kong. The episode, One Angry Lisa, which first aired in October on television, is not available on the U.S. company's Disney Plus streaming service in Hong Kong. It was not clear on Wednesday when the episode was removed from Hong Kong connections using the Disney streaming service, but the episode is still available elsewhere. That's according to news agencies. The removal of the cartoon comes amid growing censorship concerns in the city. In the removed episode, Simpsons character Marge Simpson takes a virtual spin class whose instructor is in front of a virtual background of the Great Wall of China and says, Behold the wonders of China, Bitcoin mines, 
forced labor camps where children make smartphones. Disney did not immediately provide comment, while the Hong Kong government said it does not comment on decisions made by individual businesses. It is the second time that the streaming service's Hong Kong version has dropped a Simpsons episode that satirized China. The previously affected episode showed the Simpsons visiting China's uh, Tiananmen or Tiananmen Square, the site of the 1989 massacre of pro-democracy protesters, and finding a sign there that read, "On this site in 1989, nothing." happened. The U.S. entertainment-focused Hollywood Reporter newspaper noted at the time that the Simpsons episode on Tiananmen Square had suffered precisely the kind of censorship it was written to ridicule. The issue of forced labor is sensitive in China. Well, shouldn't that then force the Chinese government to take control? Because the, the issue of forced labor is nothing new. We've heard about it for years. It has been at the forefront. If it is true, China, you may want to do something about it. And as we're talking about the issue of forced labor, uh, go ahead, uh, go right ahead, Donald. Go ahead, go ahead. I just think these companies like Disney and them just make a mockery of this whole thing because all of them line up to go to China to explore the Chinese market. And they would give these little willy-nilly comments here and there. At the end of the day, they all do what is required by the Chinese government to, uh, to operate in the Chinese market. They would tell you one thing here, they would speak, say what they want, but they still do the same thing. Nothing would change, they would not say they would not operate in the market. As long as these people are making money, they care nothing about forced labor, they care nothing about suffering of poor people, they care nothing about whatever the Chinese government do. As long as the end of the day, their profits are up, that all that matters. The rest is just rhetoric. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you, Donald. Wasn't it last week we spoke about child labor here in the U.S. <laughs> at the meat packing plants? <laughs> we need to do better globally. Globally. That's what they say capitalism breeds, though. Greed and the, the desire to become more wealthy, and but we do it by any means necessary. Sri Lanka may return to growth by year end, says their president, courtesy of Al Jazeera. Sri Lanka's economy is expected to grow again by the end of this year, and the government wants the country to exit bankruptcy by 2026, according to President Ranil. When speaking with Parliament, the Indian Ocean Island of 22 million people has been struggling with its worst economic crisis since its independence from Britain in 1948, which has forced it to default on loans and seek a $2.9 billion bailout from the International Monetary Fund. Their president um, on Wednesday said the government could turn around the economy if Sri Lankans tolerated high direct taxes for another six months he said the, that last month the economy he said last month that the economy for the full year could contract by 3.5 percent or four percent after shrinking 11 11 percent last year rate hikes uh, were recent in income taxes 
and have hit salaried workers hard with trade unions and private sector professionals staging protests in Colombo, the country's largest city. Adam, I tell the people them for ban them belly, tighten your belts. Suck salt off of a wooden spoon because that's how we're going to make the turnaround. Wow, I don't know. Taxes is the only way we seem to be able to recoup and recover, huh? It's always an imposition on those who are barely managing, barely surviving. How much more do you want out of us? How much more can we take? We can't take it anymore. And it's not going to get better. There isn't going to be any reprieve. None whatsoever. People are forced to make decisions. To do things that go against their moral character. Their moral fibers are shredding. Thinning away. You pay me a dollar. That dollar can only go as far as 50 cents. Now you're asking me to stretch it even further. Which means I can only buy what 25 percent worth 25 cents worth of goods with that very dollar what do we do what do we do i think a lot can be done if they want to me me quite frankly but that's not how the world goes right that's not the axis on which we spin not at all and while people are suffering and being asked to, you know, bear a little more of the burden, we still have the 1% of the world getting richer. Can we ask them to bear some of the burden for us, please? Please, please, pretty please. <laughs> I just think our economic ideas has been bankrupt for the most part. Yeah. It's just streamlining one area and that's it. For the most part, you could say it has failed because it doesn't serve the masses. Mm -hmm. But we, we stick to it and we keep recycling it and we expect to see changes. It ain't coming. Slow and steady grinds the mill. Grinding steady, but grinding still. Yeah. I know it's not in those exact words, but words of... um. Damien Marley. So true. Same old, same old. We have the um, thing attached to the donkey. We are the donkeys and we just keep going round and round and round and round. Going nowhere. We're going nowhere. We just keep ending up in the same spot. But the sugar cane is pressed. The juice is extracted. It's boiled. We get the byproducts. We get the sugar. We get the molasses. We get the vinegar. We get the rum. And the donkey keeps going round and round. Just being fed grass. To keep it going. That's us folks. While those who sell the rum. The molasses. The sugar. And all the byproducts. Get richer. We're on the hamster's wheel, as you say, Donald. We're, we're bankrupt, I agree. And I don't think it's because we don't want to pivot. 
I think it suits them not to pivot. And it suits them to continue to use the narrative they've been using as though the only way to recoup and rebound is to charge the, the already poverty-stricken. And those who are in the middle class are suppressed to upper lower class. Those in the upper class now go down to the lower class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, boy, Zimbabwe is losing doctors and teachers to British hypocrisy. This is an opinion piece courtesy of Ashley Simango, who is a writer based in Zimbabwe, and she writes for aljazeera.com. The United Kingdom, which is buckling under a deepening shortage of nurses and teachers after exiting the European Union, is raiding, among other countries, its former colony, Zimbabwe, for key public sector workers, nurses, doctors, and teachers. This is cruel. Really cruel. It appears unstoppable, yet it also captures a vicious cycle in which foreign aid Meant to help countries like Zimbabwe strengthen their education and health systems is undermined by migration of trained talent to those very same donor nations. <laughs> More than 4,000 nurses and doctors have left Zimbabwe since February 2021. The UK is by far the destination of choice. That's according to data from the British Home Office in 2022, which reveals that Zimbabwe is now in the top five skilled worker visa recipient countries. This is a brain drain. According to the Zimbabwe Medical Association, the country has a paltry 3,500 doctors for a population of 15 million people. Somebody do the math, please. 15 million divided by 3,500. Access to nurses is poor. Just 2.6 per 1,000 people as of 2017, according to a revelation made by the World Bank. In a key 1,000-bed public hospital, managers told reporters that services were crippled when dozens of nurses and doctors left for the UK in 2021. Of course, the UK, like any other country, must look after its interests first. But the imbalance between a $3.2 trillion economy, the UK, and a $28 billion economy, Zimbabwe, is such that the scramble for medical personnel isn't a fair contest. Consider this. Despite the woes of the National Health Service, the NHS, the UK still has 8.5 nurses per 1,000 people, more than three times the number in Zimbabwe. And poaching talent from a country like Zimbabwe comes cheap. The UK spends £230,000, $281,000, in training each doctor much of which it saves when it imports trained and skilled medical professionals. Ah, the beauty of capitalism. Hmm. Simply put, at a time when healthcare workers are leaving the NHS in droves because of poor pay and conditions, the British government, instead of addressing their concerns, is plundering doctors and nurses from former colonies like Zimbabwe. A classroom raid. Yeah. 
If it's not alarming enough, the UK is now wooing Zimbabwean teachers too. From February 2023, Zimbabwe will join a select group of nations and territories whose educators will be eligible to get Qualified Teacher Status, QTS, which would allow them to work long-term as teachers in the UK. Nigeria, Ghana, and South Africa are the only other African nations on the list. Teacher unions fear that many of the country's 135,000 public school teachers might be tempted to take up posts in the UK. For the last four decades, Zimbabwe has boasted one of Africa's most impressive post-colonial educational outcomes with the World Economic Forum, ranking it fourth best on the continent in 2016. Yet it is futile to blame the UK when Zimbabwe bears the lion's share of responsibility for the crisis it now stares at. The country's inability to pay doctors, nurses and teachers living wages is a reason why they're seeking, quote-unquote, greener pastures. According to the Zimbabwe Statistics Agency, a state body, a quarterly survey in April 2022 showed that most workers in the country were earning an equivalent of 120 U.S. dollars a month. Wages have fallen far behind skyrocketing inflation. Zimbabwe's government has demanded compensation from the U.K., for luring the nation's healthcare workers. Zimbabwe reportedly spends $70,000 to train each doctor. But if the government was paying its doctors, teachers, and nurses better in the first place, the temptation for them to move abroad would have been much lower. In addition to unsatisfactory salaries, Medical professionals and teachers complain that the basic tools they need to do their jobs are in shortage. The result of the underfunding of schools and hospitals and costly corruption and leakages highlighted by Zimbabwe's Auditor General. Give and take. Still, this outflow of skilled professionals from a struggling nation like Zimbabwe to the UK sets up an ironic dynamic. Last November, the UK was winning applause from the Global Fund, which is dedicated to fighting HIV, tuberculosis, and malaria for doling out £1 billion. Yep, a tranche of support to the initiative. The UK has set aside £35 million in aid specifically for a resilient health system in Zimbabwe from 2021 to 2025. Yet how can lavishing aid money on a poor country's health care while raiding its most precious assets, nurses, paramedics, social workers, and doctors make it resilient? <laughs> Admittedly, morality has not ever been a priori priority for the UK in its relations with African nations. And there's little that's right about the way Zimbabwe's governments treat its healthcare workers, teachers, or indeed citizens in general. Nevertheless, the results of the brain drain from Zimbabwe are clear. A sick system is getting even sicker. The views expressed in this article are the author's own and do not necessarily reflect Al Jazeera's editorial stance, nor the views of Moments With Me Media, QMZ Radio, or Jano Radio.
Thank you so much. Go right ahead. Uh, um, that was a lot to take in, but I think I yes. heard you. Yeah, I think I heard you say something about um, the um, the Zimbabwe and they're trying to get compensation from the UK for um, for wooing um, yes. staff. Was that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's a bit that's a bit silly, isn't it? Because um, I mean, if 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 the country's not looking after their healthcare staff and they want to go go to another country and 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 bear money, like what, what's what's the problem there? Like, what, why are they trying to get conversation? That, <sighs> that doesn't make no sense. Why not just look after the staff? Exactly. And then they won't leave. Exactly. But. But but um, Teflon, there is an issue in the UK. The UK does not want to pay their healthcare workers either. Yeah, that's that's correct. They did they did give them a little pay rise, but I think they're still trying to fight for more money. So at the moment, they're still struggling to get um, to get the staffing levels up, and I think that's probably why they're trying to woo the um, the the healthcare staff from. The third world countries because obviously they're they're used to being on lower wages i'm sure if they come to uk and they get even even the money that the uk staff was on before they got the pay rise they'll be 100 percent happy with that of course they'll be, they'll be like quadruple what they was earning back in, in zimbabwe <laughs> of course so yes yeah <laughs> yeah fair play to them if they, if they want to leave to get greener pastures um so be it i know i know that there should be morals and integrity of staying in your country and trying to build and you know but at the end of the day we've, we've all got families exactly. to look after we've got mouths to feed and um yeah so i know some people can afford to take that pay that pay cut to, to say all right you know what I don't, it's not about the money i want to stay and help my um help my country but it's just hard especially in zimbabwe like it's really hard out there it is it is. Thank you so much, Teflon. I'll go right ahead, Donald. But, but Teflon, isn't, aren't you talking from two sides of your mouth? If you're saying that it's extremely hard in Zimbabwe, okay, and why aren't they taking care of their workers? But at the same time, you're saying that the people are right to leave. If the Zimbabwe government is spending $70,000 on average to train one person, and given the economic condition in Zimbabwe over the years that we know of, they would never be able to compete on a salary basis with the UK. Another thing we have to look at is since 2021, why did the, the UK um, invest the money they so-called invested in the, in the um, healthcare industry? Is it really to try to help the industry or to get a foot in to poach the best workers? It doesn't seem like it was meant to help the industry there. I think it was just a pathway to get access to the right people to poach them from Zimbabwe. You understand? And um, yes, you should take care of your workers and stuff like that. But given the economic condition in Zimbabwe, it is almost impossible for them to compete. And um, if we keep taking the best minds off of these countries and we, we, we keep um, doing these nefarious things, why do we still come and complain about how they're doing, they're running the countries and stuff like that? So the blame always stays with, 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 with the African countries. 
and the, 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 the UK and the West is always exempt from all responsibilities. All right, thank you, Donald. Tefton, you want to respond? Okay, probably not able to speak. Um, and so here is me. Okay, go ahead, Tefton. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say they can't, Zimbabwe can't, they can't compete with the UK's wages, obviously, because of the the value of the money and everything. But I think they can, they can try to keep up with the cost of living um, in, in Zimbabwe to kind of match their pay, their pay scale, you know. So I think if they if, if they make an effort, if they've been seen to make an effort to try to keep up with the cost of living, I'm sure the staff would, would compromise and, and probably stay. And I agree they could try to sort of keep up, but the situation in Zimbabwe is grim economically. And um, you need a very strong government with some really innovative measures to bring it where it's supposed to be. And they need to remove some of the sanctions that the same Western countries are putting on there. Remember, they're still operating under some sanctions. So it's a, it's a tough situation. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like fighting a losing battle because I mean they've been they've been trying for years and it doesn't seem like anything's happened. So what do you do? What what do you do as a I don't know, for example, what do you do as a doctor or nurse and stuff? Do you just stay there and just <laughs> take what's given and struggle? Ah, oh, um, can I make a suggestion? <laughs> for what it's worth i don't know um for i understand why you know it's all economics it's all dollars and cents i understand the uk not wanting to pay these people the what they they ought to pay them so they're seeking um to hire from third world countries quote unquote right because it's a savings for them and it's life improvement for the um, third world country citizens, right? It is what it is. But how about this? Okay, you're luring my people away. Pay me for them. So that those who remain in my country, I can train them and pay them fair livable wages. Is that reasonable? I don't know. Is that doable? What are you saying, Donald? That, I think that's what Zimbabwe was trying to say. If it cost me $70,000 to train each of these people, at least compensate me something, you know, so I could, I, I could train more or I can improve my situation. I think that's what they were trying to say. Yeah. Because they're also looking at the, the cost savings for the UK government. Yeah. Don't having to train these people. Where, where's my... Where's, let me pull up my calculator, Donald, because um, the UK spends uh what was the number 200 okay the uk spends 281,000 us dollars which is 230,000 pounds right so let me plug that in uh zimbabwe spends seven was uh, did i see 70,000 okay let me work in us dollars so 281,000 let us subtract 70,000 so we have a difference of 211,000 that, that is what 
um, is there. Can we divide that by two even and say, all right, for every doctor that you're going to take from Zimbabwe, you give Zimbabwe a hundred and five thousand. Yeah, that 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 sounds fair. That sounds like a a fair um, option. Yeah. All right. Now, Teflon, out of that hundred and five thousand, we're gonna take seventy thousand to train the, a new doctor. There is a, a difference of thirty-five thousand five hundred. Can we give that to the doctor upon their, the completion of their training? Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. But you don't even have to give it to the doctor. You could put it into the the entire pain of other people improving the system, True. the improving like, salaries across the board, and so on. You know. Yeah, you're right, and Donald. It, and it would be beneficial for all concerned. There you go. And we're not world leaders. How comes? We can brainstorm here. Mamas, why can't they just put us why can't they just put us in power? Like, exactly. We seem, to, we seem to make better decisions than them. We, we, we know how to brainstorm and come up with suggestions and we're willing to do trial and error. We're willing to get off the hamster's wheel. But they don't want us, Teflon. They don't believe in us. <laughs> Yeah, because it's all about line, lining their pockets. I mean, if you've got free thinkers like us making decisions, they won't be able to line up their pockets. Right. The problem with us is that we're going to create a more favorable world. How dare us want that? How dare us? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of the life is really simple. As my husband always says, life is simple. We're the ones who complicate it. Some things are not rocket science. Some things you really don't need to have a degree in astrophysics to be able to see that, a you know, we can figure this out here. It's not that hard. But they go to these world conferences and they talk and they talk and waste taxpayer money on hotel um fees and flying people here there and everywhere and still come out and we're in the same spot <sighs> but yeah all right next story new zealand story courtesy of al jazeera new zealand recovers three tons of cocaine floating in the sea Oh boy, worth more than $300 million. That was floating around in the Pacific Ocean. A police said the haul of 81 bales, which was drifting hundreds of kilometers northwest of New Zealand, was recovered in a joint operation with the New Zealand Customs Service and Defense Force, acting on intelligence from the Five Eyes Alliance, which includes Australia, the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom. This is the largest find of illicit drugs by New Zealand's agencies by some margin, according to Commissioner of New Zealand Police, Andrew Costa. Officials believe the drugs were dropped at a floating transit point, you think, in the Pacific Ocean, where they would have been picked up and taken to Australia. We believe it was destined for Australia, the land down under, where it would have been enough to service the market for one year. Wow, it was more than New Zealand would use in 30 years. I guess the transporters watched, uh, what's that franchise? 
Ah, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Yeah. Ah, that story wraps up our story. Why am I lapsing so much this week? I don't know. Um, that story wraps up our stories from the international scene. Going to take another quick break and listen to some more from Tina Turner, who is simply the best. When we return, we have stories out of North America. Keep it locked.
to everyone listening online the quality music zone qmzradio.com and johnoradio.com thank you to everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens more news coming up after a little more from tina turner While you work or play, remember to keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. And if you want that 24-hour-a-day party vibe, download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. That's my man, I'ma stick by him. You sure? Yep. All I'm thinking about as I'm listening to this song is that clip from um <laughs> Dr. Phil. <laughs> Love is a powerful thing, what can I say? Gonna squeeze in one more look me in the heart 
Got you, Geely. It is coming up later on. I got it on the list and I assembled the list of songs I wanted to play this morning. Of course, gotta have private dance. Top of the hour, time for us to get back to business. Thank you so much for this one, Tina Turner. Look me in the heart. She is our hashtag WCW. We celebrate women. She's our artist for today. All right. Yeah, I could listen to Tina all day. Let me go ahead and handle my business. Go ahead, Teflon. Um, can I make a suggestion at the end? Yes, yes, Wait. please do. Yes, have a picture. All right, no problem. Always look forward to suggestions. Thank you so much. All right, so out of the beautiful U.S. of A, three rappers who were found shot to death in Detroit were targeted, the police say. Story courtesy of BallAlert.com. Detectives now believe three rappers who were found dead in Detroit were likely targeted. On Tuesday, authorities confirmed Armani Kelly, Montoya Givens, and Dante Wicker all suffered multiple gunshot wounds. The three went missing in January after their performance at Lounge 31 in Detroit was cancelled due to equipment issues. On January 21st, Kelly left his home in Oscoda, Michigan and headed to Detroit where he was to meet up with Givens and Wicker. After learning the event was not taking place, Kelly told his family he would be looking for another club to perform at. Shortly after, all contact with him ceased. Givens and Wicker also fell silent, with all the men's cell phones being turned off around the same time. Kelly's mother used OnStar to track his vehicle after he vanished, which was seen in three separate locations in Warren about an hour and a half north of Detroit. A 15-year-old boy was found driving the car, but it is unclear if he is a suspect in the case. The men's remains were found in an abandoned apartment on Thursday, February 2nd. 
As the investigation marches on, it has been revealed that the killings were not random acts. In fact, Michigan State Police confirmed that they are confident they have identified a motive, though that information has not been made public. A Highland Park man who has not been publicly identified was arrested in Knoxville, Tennessee. Though he was not charged with the killings, he is being questioned in the deaths of Kelly, Givens, and Wickle. Givens' mother, Katina Fogel, told Fox 2 that her son was getting his life together after being released from prison. He served 10 years for carjacking and robbery and had only been home for 10 months before he was killed. He had met Wicker and Kelly while in prison and together the men pursued rap careers, all determined to change their lives. 10 years of my son's life was taken from me and then I get him back for 10 months and he's dead. How am I supposed to feel? Fogel shared. Hmm. Yeah, that that's definitely um foul play there. No if ands or buts about that. Um, hope they can share the information or details as they become um, available. What's interesting to note is the 15-year-old boy. Now, we're not saying I'm not going to assume that he's linked to the crime in any way, shape, or form. It could be that he sees a, be- a vehicle abandoned and he says, oh, you know, let me just take this vehicle and drive around. Shouldn't do that. But, um, yeah, let's wait for more details to come out. 13 13 Memphis officers could be disciplined in the Nichols case. Story courtesy of uh, the Associated Press via WSVN. 13 Memphis officers could end up being disciplined in connection with the violent arrest of Tyree Nichols. I don't know why they're calling it arrest. An arrest. It's a beating. A murder. That's what officials have said on Tuesday as city council members expressed frustration during a meeting with the police and fire chiefs for not moving quickly on policy reforms following the brutal beating. Six officers already have been fired and one more has been relieved of duty after Nichols was pulled over for an alleged traffic violation and beaten by Memphis police. Prosecutors say the January 7 arrest, which was captured on police video cameras, led to Nichols' death three days later. Chief Legal Officer Jennifer Sink told the council that the number of officers disciplined for policy violations could rise to 13. Police spokesperson Karen Rudolph said six officers whose involvement has not been publicly disclosed could face administrative charges. Rudolph stressed that an internal police investigation remains ongoing and the number of officers disciplined could change. Uh, what is today? February 8th. Uh, this happened January 7th. One month later. What's taking so long? Why are the investigations taking so long? I think it was Rosola, and I know Rosola can't speak, but I think it was Rosola who said um, that there were s- several people counted okay you see them in the video what's the problem can we have an expeditious outcome please and change the verbiage it wasn't an arrest it was a brutal beating murder and they're using sensitive words relieved of their duties what relieved fired (sighs) 
we know how to tip it toe around certain things and try to, you know, put on dresses with frills and bandanas in the hair when it comes to certain things and certain people in certain positions. Call it what it is. Hoodlums. That's what the, you know what, let me keep it moving. Texas governor. You know what, as if Texas, Texas Governor Abbott, you don't have anything to do over there? I think you have a myriad of things that should concern you, Governor Abbott. But anyway, Texas Governor Abbott announced its plan to ban TikTok statewide. Story courtesy of BallerAlert.com. Texas TikTokers might not like this. Governor Greg Abbott has announced a model of a plan that would ban the popular social media app in the state of Texas. The proposed security plan is for state agencies to address vulnerabilities presented by the use of TikTok and other software on personal and statewide issued devices. That's according to CBS News. The Texas Department of Public Safety and the Texas Department of Information Resources developed a plan for state agencies to follow to help them manage personal and state-issued devices used to conduct state business. All state agencies have until February 15, 2023 to implement their own policy to enforce the statewide plan. The security risks associated with the use of TikTok on devices used to conduct the important business of our state must not be underestimated or ignored. Okay, I understand you want to talk about the state-issued devices, but can we talk about the personal devices, please? Huh? The mock-up lists the following objectives for agencies to follow. Ban and prevent the download or use of TikTok and prohibited technologies on any state-issued device identified in the statewide plan. This includes all state-issued cell phones, laptops, tablets, desktop computers, and other devices of capable internet connectivity. Uh, each agency's IT department must strictly enforce the ban. Okay, keep that to state things. Prohibit employees or contractors from conducting state business on prohibited technology-enabled personal devices. Identify sensitive locations, meetings, or personnel within an agency that could be exposed to prohibited technology-enabled personal devices. Prohibited technology-enabled personal devices will be denied entry or use in these sensitive areas. Implement network-based restrictions to prevent the use of prohibited technologies on agency networks by any device. Work with information security professionals to continuously update the list of prohibited technologies. Oh, Lord. Um, South Dakota, South Carolina, and Maryland have also banned the use of TikTok on government-issued devices, and the U.S. State Department, Department of Defense, and the Department of Homeland Security have banned the use of the app on devices issued by the federal government. Okay. Oh, Lord. TikTok is their concern. Yeah, I get it. We have other concerns, don't we? Or is TikTok the only issue we have to address here in the U.S.? I don't know. I don't know. But um, Beach set to open this summer in Manhattan. Yay. But getting it. Oh, I think someone opened their mic. Go right ahead. That was me, Mom. Go ahead, Javette. Uh, no, I actually have the same 
thought process, what is it about TikTok that needs to be banned? <laughs> is, is, is TikTok um, stealing more information off our phones than any other app <laughs> on our phones or GPS or anything else? I'm confused. Oh, geez. Um, so that the, me and you. Yeah, but the Chinese, the, 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 the Chinese always remember the Chinese and the Russian are our enemies. You don't know what they're doing with these information. It's not if they're stealing more, yes or no. They're literally our enemies. So them collecting, inf them like having such a big inf uh, app that have such a big influence here in the States within itself is dangerous. Especially they're collecting information. Wait, you know, is Chinese? It's Chinese owned. Huh? It oh, is. It's, it's owned by Tencent. It's Chinese owned. Yes. You so, guys have um, probably said that. I probably haven't just, I haven't paid attention. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. So, you know how influential social media is. So, to, to be like the top social media platform in America, that's a lot of influence. They, they could do whatever they want with it. You know, especially they have everyone information that's on TikTok. We don't know what they're going to do in the future. They have balloons flying all over and all different kind of things. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, for the, for the state, it, it, it's a concern. It, it's a concern. I saw that um, collecting information, I don't know if it's the same as like sharing information as well, because obviously um, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of content because when it started, it was, it was like, um, it was like a meme where people used to make like dance stuff but now they you've got creators um like sharing like real-time stuff especially things that happen within the government so i think they're just trying to prevent people from sharing um stuff that happened in the country and i think it's it's like form of spying as well so i can see why they're exactly yeah but i thought, I thought they stopped i thought they banned it already because they've been they've been planning on banning it um well, Trump was pushing to ban it. Trump was pushing hard to ban it. Or um, there was also pushing to like let an American company acquire stake in TikTok, you know. But yeah, it's a form of spying. They 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 just they could just spy through us through TikTok. Know everything that's going on within the states just through TikTok. So um, I could see the concern from a governmental perspective. Yeah. You know what I so see? Me... Okay, go ahead, Javet. You go before me. Let me ask a question, though. You don't think that they already have that type of technology here in the States already? Just throwing that out there. Facts. We, yeah, spying yeah, on yeah. us? What do you mean? Spying on us? Yes. Yeah, the, yeah, the well, I mean, that's your country spying on you, but imagine the enemy spying on everyone, you and um, the government and everyone no, in, the, in I mean, the country. No, I mean the government of China. You don't think that they already have that here I mean, in the well, States? Uh, I mean that's for us to find out, but you you have this no you have this known one TikTok just there. You just gotta leave it alone. <sighs> I have a different theory, but hey, <laughs> All right. let me hear it. We are very, TikTok um, promotes freedom of speech. It promotes to some degree the truth being let out about the country based on people's experiences. And God forbid that the U.S.'s image is tarnished worldwide. That's what I think. I think it's all about damage control. We are crumbling. 
we the world now is seeing who the u.s really is and the things they stand for or the things they refuse to stand up for the world right now has a skewed view of the u.s our skeletons are out there there is recognition especially when we talk about racism the world now knows who the u.s really is and where its stance is police reform the debacle happening up there in washington republicans and, and democrats can't seem to get it together and i think they're more concerned with the image being tarnished I, that's me because if you ask me i i want to say i have to agree with what javette is alluding to any country that wants to span another one can do it easily the fact that the, you allow people from other countries to come here, you don't think there's going to be the sharing of information one way or another? How much can you control what is exchanged, to be honest? How much? People have our information right here in the U.S. and are scam we like nothing anyway. Haven't we fallen victims to the very people in our own country? Haven't they taken our information and have done what they will and what they please? It's just a matter of we want to control who has access to it. That's it. But in my opinion, I think it's about image. You know, we need to have our pinky fingers out and let them think we are polished and refined. But that's that's my two cents. It's true what you're saying. I hear what you and Javette say, but I think it's I, I, I think it's to do with the, the scale. I think they're trying to um, control it on a on a larger scale because because um, TikTok is really big. So, so you can imagine the amount of users that are using the app and sharing so much information. So, although they probably they probably do have spying um, <clears throat> tactics already in place, but they're just trying to stop the spread, like the widespread of information and, and stuff. Because because um, TikTok does have a big reach, so I think that's where it is. I think it's just trying to take it off the larger scale. And always remember the influence that the Russian had on 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 Facebook to influence an election to put purple pink man in, right? <laughs> so imagine the Chinese is all about influence also, because remember we as uh, in, in the states, you know, we use our influence to influence outcome in other countries, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine how powerful an app is that have every american walking like a dancing like a, a <laughs> dancing up and down right imagine the influence that can have internally on it and many things elections anything that they want to stir the pot in the country they could do it through the app it's uh, all about you know yeah so so, I so it's not only about the information that they're collecting is the influence that the app have and mm -hmm. and they are in control of it <laughs> not us not us okay so listen to this and i appreciate this comment in the chat chinese tiktok is way different from american tiktok also you only see the good side of china america tiktok is the u.s and the u.s undressed in front of the world it's the reverse happening we've been doing it to other countries for years we've been making other countries look bad by highlighting only the negative in other countries for decades we've been influencing the way people think about other countries and making ourselves look good now china has it in the reverse to me 
China is no different from the U.S. The U.S. is no different from China. It's the reverse that's happening, and we don't like it. It's okay when we do it, but when somebody else does it, it's a problem. That's what I see going on here. Really? Is there much of a difference? Facebook and, and um, IG owned by Meta along with WhatsApp, they can control that because they're U.S. owned. They, can, they have more control over that. It's all about control. Everybody wants to control somebody. I see what you're saying, Dre. We're at war and it's a problem. I get all of that. I'm not negating that at all. I get it. But can we have the truth? That's all I'm asking for. And some people on uh, Instagram under the comments on Bala Alert, where I got the article from, said, um, but guns are safe and sound. Like TikTok isn't killing anyone, but these people with guns and mass shootings are on the rise. Make it make sense. Uh, somebody else said, how about we address the price of eggs? Inflation, theft, murder, police brutality, homelessness, and being in the middle of a recession. But I digress. Let's ban TikTok. Another comment. You can use TikTok without power. Fix the grid, governor. They want to blame this on the Chinese, but really they're terrified of us sharing information, forming new opinions, and banning together. That's another comment. Um, another one word about the wrong thing. How about reinstating women, reinstating women's health care, restricting who can purchase guns and plugging Texas into the grid so winter utility usage does not cost them thousands per month? Somebody else asked, is this America or Russia? Between him and DeSantis, I can't tell. Uh, <laughs> so um, there are other issues that people feel should be of more grave concern. Not to say we don't pay attention, but we're putting it at the forefront as a distraction so that we forget that there is homelessness, forget that there is an imposition on uh, women's health care rights. So that we'll forget about the ease of access to guns. They're getting into the hands of those who don't need to have them. To me, it's a distraction as well. Anyway, hmm, but carry on. I don't know. What do I know? Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, but can I ask a question, Dre? Doesn't the U.S. try to get information from other countries? Of course, okay. we have to see it. Okay. No, that don't mean that we want people to get <laughs> to, to get information from us is about our safety. We're hypocrites. Right? Well, it is 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 war. We at war is is power is war and power. And we, when you you just have to just you have to look at the, the the entire game through a different lens. I understand all the things that we do mm -hmm. in other countries which i'm not for it mm -hmm. but i also understand why we do other things to protect ourselves too because we out there messing up other countries they're out there they're trying to mess us up too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you see how easily russia influence an election put someone else in put so I, let that idiot get in and then here comes january january the 6th storm in the capital like it, 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 it is 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 not about dropping bombs and guns and shooting up the place anymore they could just put who they want in and create ruckus so i could see like i'm not saying like ban tiktok or whatever 
but I could see the concern because the app is controlled by one of our known enemies and the, the influence that they have and how they could use the app and the information that they have. Yes, we spy on them, them spy on us, but that don't mean that we should just allow them to do it to us because we're doing it to them. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, we're hypocrites. <laughs> you know, but so, so you don't want them to protect you? No, we because want the protection. But, but okay. here's the thing. We want the protection. But don't condemn somebody for the same thing you're doing is what I'm trying to say. We all, they're doing it. But they're making it look as though they're not doing it. China is doing it to us. And oh my gosh, we're not doing it to anybody. Which we need to stop the hypocrisy. We need, every country wants to protect its territory and its citizens and its infrastructure and its systems and governments. Every country deserves the right to do so. But don't be hypocritical about it. That's all I'm saying. Don't act as though you're holier than thou. You're perfect poly. We're not. We're doing it too. Say it like it is. They have access to information that we don't want them to have. We're worried about that. Just as they are worried about the information we have about them that they don't want us to have. It's tit for tat. You do to me, me I go do to you. No so life go. Oh, you must keep doing to me and I must just sit down and lap my fractal and take it. And you rub my head like a dog. I move when you say move. I roll over when you say roll over. <laughs> so, um, okay. So suppose this thing goes live. Um, let's say if the whole, like they, they ban in all states. Do you reckon other enemy, enemy countries will um, follow that trend and ban TikTok in those countries? I don't know. I really don't know, Teflon. I really don't know. Well, no, no, and the Americans, the Americans, we, 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 we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll go out and, and, and have their um, allies like the UK and whatever. Everybody. Yeah, to, 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 to ban TikTok also. That's, that's how we work, you know. Dictatorship. Yeah. So, mm-hmm, as I say, you just have to understand how how they do things. Uh, I don't agree with everything that they do, but I could see through the lens of what they try to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's because we're meddling everybody's business, right? We're we, <laughs> we, we, we at this point, you know. Facts. <laughs> Facts. All right. So, beach is set to open this summer in Manhattan, New York, but getting in the water is not allowed. Story courtesy of BallerAlert.com. Manhattan is getting the Florida treatment with the debut of two new beaches, one of which will be open this summer. Serving as Manhattan's first beach, the 14,000-foot stretch of sand has been in the works for three years and will run alongside the Hudson River, sitting on five acres of a public park resting on the Gansvort. I hope I said that right. New Yorkers don't kill me. Peninsula. Kayaking is encouraged with a launch readily available. Beachgoers are also urged to take in the views with a picnic or yoga class within the lounge area. However, anything having to do with swimming or wading in the water is strictly prohibited due to the fluctuating sanitation of the Hudson River. But uh, kayaking, can't your kayak turn over and you will be in the water? So why are you allowing kayaking then? Anyway, 
Many days they say the water is actually very clean, but on the days when it is not clean, you can't tell just by looking at it. They people who get in there could actually get ill. Oh boy. Um yeah, so I guess that you all can sit on the ocean uh the shore, but when the waves go, come into shore and isn't the sand contaminated then by the same contaminated water? I don't know. I'm just thinking. A beach you can't beat in. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, Julie, killing me. Julie, killing me in the chat, uh, Donald. Julie said, the Hudson, if the water touch you, you will grow an extra limb. Then she also says, a swimming pool for the New York rats. <laughs> The view is nice, though, so we can expect to see the rats out there um, lounging. <laughs> I'm going to make some rat size um, chairs for them. That sounds nasty, man. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, when you, when you started... When you, when you started the story, I, I was just like, no, it's not, there's no way I'm getting in a, in, in a beach in New, New York. York. Come on. New York. <laughs> first I see a beach on the Hudson, that, that's song toxic. <laughs> that is so toxic. Concrete jungles where dreams are made of. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like our, it's, like, it's like our equivalent to the Thames. The River Thames is like the most dirtiest thing you'd ever see. <laughs> oh, Javat says they don't need chairs. They will steal the entrance. Y'all are killing New York. Sin said, why don't they just put a giant TV screen with the beach? The Joe Biden classified files might be there too. New York. Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. You're going to leave New York alone, people. are not going to dog out New York. <laughs> rat city. Rat, rat city. Rat city. Rat, rat city. Where, where is our Tiger Fire remix? I'm sorry. Let me be myself. <sighs> Excuse me. <laughs> Oklahoma judge rules ban on marijuana users owning guns is on Scott unconstitutional story courtesy of ballalert.com following the u.s supreme court's new standard on elevating gun laws an oklahoma judge has ruled that denying marijuana uses the right to possess firearms is unconstitutional i have to agree the indictment against a man accused of violating the ma- the ban was dismissed on friday by u.s district judge patrick Weirich after lawyers argued their client's Second Amendment right, amendment right to bear arms was being violated by a law that makes it illegal for unlawful users or addicts of controlled substances to own firearms. Now, hold on. He said marijuana. So let's stick to marijuana, okay? Um, some people, smoking marijuana doesn't mean that you um, can't own or should not mean you can't own a gun. Some people are on medicinal marijuana. Some, you know, some people just smoke recreationally. I don't know. Oh, what do I know? Well, illegal. <laughs> you know, let me say this right. There is illegal 
egg activity happening on the Mexico-U.S. border as egg smuggling is taking over <laughs> as food prices continue to skyrocket. Every day we hustle in. <laughs> Listen. Rick Ross, you living in my head right now because for real, for real, though, we got it. What's a girl to do? <laughs> I'm sorry. Every day we hustle. <laughs> How much can we get them across the border for folks? Anybody? Anybody? I, I just want some eggs. Don't kill me, folks. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. But for real, though, with the soaring cost of eggs, Americans have resorted to smuggling them into the country from Mexico. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get it together. Just picturing how you smuggle eggs across the country. That's what I'm trying to do. How do you smuggle them across? What do you put them in? <laughs> because they're fragile. Certainly not in your trousers. Get, get cracked in the pat down. <laughs> don't touch me, don't touch me. You might break me. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh boy, new U.S. Customs and Border Protection data has confirmed startling statistics about the forbidden, really, forbidden egg trade, the number of eggs. You know, I'm sorry, let me stop right here and get real serious for a second. What are they really trying to do? We need our eggs. Are you? Is there something going on that we are not aware of? There is something very fishy about this whole situation sorry the number of eggs seized through january 17 increased by 91 percent at the el paso texas field office javette you smuggling eggs into the country over there in texas even more shocking there was a 301 percent leap in laredo texas a 333 percent jump in tucson arizona and another 368% boost in San Diego compared to the same time frame in the previous year. Okay, I, I don't know. Is it me or does this such sound ridiculous? Yeah, it does. It, it does. It, it sounds as ridiculous as the toilet roll shortage. Short, just trying to just trying to figure out what's going on as well. This this makes no sense. I'm sorry. No sense to me. Um, whatever happened, did we hear anything further about the um, poultry farm that mysteriously burned down with a thousand chickens and that is causing a shortage? Hmm? Did we hear anything further about that? How could a thousand chickens cause a shortage? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, it could. <laughs> it could. All right. Um, all I know, it's preposterous. That's all I know. May I use big word today? It is ridiculous. State of the Union. Can we talk about the state of the supermarket prices? Biden urges Congress to finish economic fight back. Story courtesy of BBC. U.S. President Joe Biden called on the Republicans to help finish the job of delivering for hardworking families in his annual State of the Union address. Did anybody watch it? I didn't. 
I didn't. Um, because I'm going to get up today and still face the same issues I'm have, I was having yesterday. I'm sorry. The Democrats stressed the importance of finding consensus as he addressed a divided Congress, where the lower chamber now has a Republican majority. But a series of interruptions and heckles showed the uphill task it will be to find cooperation. In their speech, Republicans accused the president of woke fantasies. Mr. Biden's words were received by a packed chamber and high-profile guests, including U2's Bono, as well as Supreme Court justices. Over the president's shoulder at the rostrum in the House of Reps was one of the most vocal critics, the Republican Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Mr. Biden extended an olive branch to the opposition party, which took over the lower chamber last month, which, you know, with vows to investigate the president's family and cabinet. He said, to my Republican friends, if we could work together in the last Congress, there is no reason we can't work together in the new Congress. How many presidents, Democratic presidents, have said the same thing? Where have I heard this before? How many times have we heard this? Why are we waiting on the Republicans to work together? That isn't a damn problem. That's why y'all can't get nothing done. Waiting in vain. Well, I'm tired of waiting in vain because they ain't going to love you folks. Do what you got to do. Get the job done. Seek to help the American people. Go listen to Bob Marley's song. Y'all will probably wake up. Smoke a joint and will probably wake up because y'all wasting time. Begging. It's like you know, a beg friend. Who in here beg friend? Beg friend? When you beg friend, the person you're begging to be friends with none no respect for you. They have no respect for you. Stop begging them to be your friends. Stop asking them to like you. Just do what you have to do. While you're, and then watch when the Republicans go back in. The first day, whoever is president has a stack of things that they're signing off on. Because while another day, beg friend, the Republicans are there putting things together that they want to move forward. Their agenda. It's like, when I don't want to learn nothing. Wake the hell up, folks. It's just more of the same. Sorry. Just ranting. Just ranting. That wraps up the stories out of North America. Going to take another quick break. When we return, we have business and tech news and few more stories for you here is tina turner singing typical me whoops sorry you know what i'm so sorry i was listening to i was playing a rick ross song hoping to edit out the um the, the bad parts but it wasn't working for me muscle multitask they say don't do it here is tina turner typical male when we return more stories for you
to say a big thank you to everyone listening online on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. That was my plan from the very beginning. Darling, uh-huh. I never thought that this could be. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. It is hashtag WCW. We celebrate women. Today we're celebrating Tina Turner. Tell you something, I, I can't. Uh-huh. I've been to see the preacher man. A preacher man? You must be losing your mind. I started. Started what? Started making wedding plans. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. If your love is happen true, as a love I offer you, oh, darling. It's me. Oh, yeah. A whole lot of girls used to be your speed. But now, pretty daddy, I'm all you need. Oh, darling. Yes, yes. I know it's gonna work out fast. It's gonna work out fast. I keep on telling you. I think it's gonna work out fast. Just a private dancer, a dancer for money. 
Thank you so much to everyone for tuning in to JohnnoRadio.com and QMZRadio.com. And thank you, everyone, here with me on Clubhouse. It is time for us to go ahead and get back to business 15 minutes before the top of the hour. Business and tech news. I'm just going to let this one play out <laughs> in the background. Business and tech news. Um, AMC theaters to start charging based on where you sit. I didn't know we we're doing the airline thing now in theaters. Well, AMC theaters is now treating movie going like a concert experience by experience by increasing ticket prices based on seat location. On Monday, the company announced they were rolling out a new program called Sightline at AMC, which will remove the one price ticket menu. Three tiers have generally existed over the years, adults, children, and seniors. Each allows attendees who fall into these categories to pay one such price. However, the new model will include standard sightline, value sightline, and preferred sightline tiers. The preferred seats will be in the middle, while the least expensive will be towards the front of the theater and close to the screen. It appears the standard seats will be toward the top of the multiplex, where I think it's best to sit anyway. Anyone unsure of the pricing differences will have a map readily available at booking time, showing seats proximity to the screen and costs. Are we here for this, though? <sighs> Can we just keep it to what it was? Adults, children, and seniors, why we have to do this whole seat foolishness. I don't know. AMC almost go out of business. They get saved. And now they're trying their best to go out of business again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. It's as though, you know what it is, Donald? They want to lock shop, but they don't want to do it <laughs> in an abrupt fashion. They want to take time. And, you know, we tried. We tried. You know, we were showing our creditors that we really tried the whole GameStop move saved them because that was one of the ticker that was trending also so now they're trying their best to reverse whatever little gains they get from that <sighs> they're just I don't know they're just tired tired if you ask me that's all I must say really tired oh <laughs> believe it or not stories an Atlanta man accused of trying to smuggle drugs, phones, and chicken wings into jail. God. Sorry. Story courtesy of BallAlert.com. Georgia authorities say a man attempted to smuggle those items into a local jail. Michael Anthony Dixon has been charged with crossing a guard line with weapons, intoxicants, drugs without consent criminal trespass possession of marijuana and possession of cocaine with distribution uh intent he was caught trying to enter through a decab county jail window and had a box cutter why didn't he just walk through the front door and say lock me up but make sure i get my my chicken wings because i hear the food in here not all that good he was, he was trying to go through a window and had a box cutter when found, according to Fox. <laughs> you can't make this up. No one, not them, no one. TikTok. 
Because... I'm sorry. I'm just trying to picture it. I'm really trying to picture it. He was stopped outside of the facility on February 3 after crossing the guard line area. Deputies searched and found a bag that contained cocaine, packs of cigarettes, lighters, marijuana, AirPods, hex keys, glue gel, sweets, jewelry, charge cords, and goat's chicken wings. I think he was checking in, but he was a, he got lost. He couldn't find the entrance, so he said, damn it, I'm going to just go through the window. I honestly believe he was checking. <laughs> Whatever he on is really strong. How did he get past? The, how did he cross the guard line area, though? Seriously, though. You see why they don't want TikTok? Because it shows it. We're not too smart over here. So. How did he cross the guard line area? How? At least I hope they gave him his wings. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. I hope he had his wings to eat. Really hope so. Um. Oh, let me pin this one at the top so that you all can f familiarize yourself with this talent. Talented man. Okay, can it switch to English, please? <laughs> you might have to convert it to English when you uh, click on it. Let me see. It's in Creole. I will let you know. Um, I'm trying to convert it to English on my phone before posting it. English. Can we put it in English? Let me see. Oops, not allowing me to put it in English. Sorry. So let me just, I'm going to put the link up there. At least you can look him up on, um, where is this thing? Okay, here we go. Haiti.loopnews.com. I like when they highlight talented folks so that we can support them. That's truly important. We don't only hear bad news. We also get good stories. We need more of those. All right. So this Haitian dressed Jay-Z for the 2023 Rock Nation brunch. Check him out, folks. PTR. Uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z hosted Rock Nation Brunch 2023 this past weekend. The event was back for the first time after a three-year hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic. For the 2023 edition of the Rock Nation Brunch, an annual event organized by the most powerful couple in the American music industry, Beyonce and Jay-Z, the billionaire rapper was dressed by a stylist of Haitian origin named Davidson Petit Brother. The designer himself shared the information on his Instagram account. Sean Carter wears his hands made his handmade frere suit in cognac, paired with a pin neck dress shirt for Rock Nation Brunch 2023, styled by June Ambrose, he wrote on the social media. Davidson is the co-founder of the menswear brand Musica Frere. He was born in France on August 14, 1989 to Haitian parents. He has dressed celebrities like Stephen Curry, Michael B. Jordan, Kevin, Jay-Z. Is that Kevin Hart? I want to assume, yeah. Uh, so Kevin is on what? Just first name status now and you, we know who he is? Okay, all right then, Kevin Hart. Uh, P. Diddy. 
I hate saying the name P. Diddy since of late. And the late act, let me just say Diddy, and the late actor Michael K. Williams. Davidson has always proclaimed loud and clear that it is from the style of his father, a Haitian engineer, that he was inspired for his costume styles that are 80s and 90s. The young designer has previously been featured in the New York Times and Essence magazine. He was also named to Forbes on the 30 in 2018. So check him out on IG. His IG handle is Davidson, D-A-V-I-D-S-O-N underscore Frere, F-R-E-R-E. It's always good to recognize those who are, you know, setting trends and doing very well within our um, communities. Good. That's awesome. Let me give him a round of applause for that. Awesome. All right. It's time for us to enjoy a little more from Tina Turner, the one and only.
To everyone that tuned in online, the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, and JanoRadio.com. Thank you so much to everyone here with me on Clubhouse for making it possible. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you were listening to Coffee Until World News on the Go. Remember to tune in every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me Media Moments, on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, moments with me media, and the mean everything is MI. And remember this also, one more reminder if you want to Listen to quality music while you work or play. Stay logged on to QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. And you can take us on the go, Jano Radio. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Today, it was all about Tina Turner, our hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday, we used to say that, right? We don't say that anymore. We say we celebrate women every Wednesday. Yeah, we enjoyed some of her songs. Took us back, way back, a little bit. And some of her more, her more familiar songs. I hope you enjoyed. And did you know she sang this one, Disco Inferno? Gonna use this one to close us out. <laughs> John Radio, this is Moments with me signing out. Whatever you do, wherever you go, please be safe. Take care of yourselves.